Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 201, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the Prof, Carl Riley. We're going to keep going during the break, are the people were worried, they were asking me. But... Oh, we, have the, we have the fans, fears, put at bay, and we are here on a week off, Prof. Where else would you get that service? So, of course, let's our credit are still our fantastic sponsors. They are brilliant, absolutely amazing. When Gar breaks all your instruments during a musical intro to, <laughs> to the podcast, it's let's your credit. And you're on a mid-season break. <laughs> They've got, got you back. back. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Ocean Electrical. The ever-expanding global conglomerate that is Ocean Electrical. Check them out. Google them, mention Tifties, and get some sort of little sweetener. But, um, yeah, Prof, we have three Have you seen our back gardens as well? Very impressive. But, yeah, Jesus. That, I don't even, I want to see more. I was looking at mine today, and <laughs> it's just like, oh, man. It's embarrassing. Yeah, so three games, a lot of news to catch up on. There's also a feature, Clear the Head, a series with the production team, Scorsese, Nolan and Spielberg. It's Barry McCarty, Philly McGuire and Graham Moran. So a uh, very interesting one, Prof. A little look behind the scenes of the social media p- platforms that we have. Yeah, people enjoy that one. Uh, it's obviously a very popular series, so uh, you'll find out how it's all done. Mm. And we have a three weeks without a match until Oriel Park. Pat's game is called up because of international call-ups as well. I haven't even checked my roster for this one. I'm going to have to have a look because it's the 17th so I actually don't know what I'm on. So it'll be interesting. Might run a bus probably. I don't think I've run a bus to have done that before. Pines is running one. They're leaving from the... <coughs> the Wacky Express is leaving that at 4pm from the Pines. Um, like you say, we don't know yet if Tifties is doing a bus but uh, only two more home games until August. Home league games. We always get a little run like this, don't we? Well, it kind of... It opens up in Europe, doesn't it? So, I mean... There could be two or three European home games in, in that span. But. Yeah, we'll talk about Europe in a while. We have we have it dumbed down, whittled down to a sl- maybe who we think we know we're going to get, doesn't it? That's that time of year where you get about five countries that you could possibly get. I know we know all our potential bonds in the first round now. So is a t- there's a five, there's five of them, isn't there? Thing went down on Twitter today. Um, I don't know what the source was. It was just showing like five of our likely opponents in a group. And they were all favourable. It was like, you know, the Maltese, the Pharaohs, Linfield. Uh, if that's the, the criteria you wait for use, then happy days. We're getting Linfield. Oh, God. Or Poznan. 5,000. After all our efforts to get seeded, we'll just get Poznan. Yeah. <laughs> Three weeks, prof. So it's going to be a long time. But episode 199 and 200 reaction, we had uh, some very nice words. Especially for the 200. 200 was, um, geez, we got, some, we got some great reactions. So we're looking for more. Hoops Collectives, if you're interested in getting on, we're going to do live shows down the line somewhere. We're looking at the Borough Hoops next. Yeah. But they are quite bereft of talent, unfortunately. Bill Gleason. Not a hotbed, no? No, not a hotbed, not a hotbed. So we're going to have to try and expand. They're going. To, they're taking people from Black Rock and they're taking people from all sorts. They're adopting, Even nice. they're adopting talent to make up for the lack of... Um, of anyone interesting from the borough oh god yeah yeah 199 that must have been our longest ever outro as well 5 minutes yeah it was a good one alright the record so Phelan said lads thanks for the reaction to the challenge great lad listening to Gary annoying the fuck out of the prop with the guitar and the bolus violin we're back Um. yeah so uh, good stuff Phelan and we're actually um, I, was, I was trying to get in touch for the for the thirty fourth of July. We have the we're locked in for a date thirty fourth of July. The five aside, okay. We're gonna get uh, teams entered in soon enough. But we're actually struggling for live music. Believe it or not, try to get Catalpa in. All busy. Mm. 
tried to get Flock of Boards busy. So Paul Stone, waiting on Paul Stone to get back to us from Rover's Rebel Singer. So if anybody knows anybody out there and we're waiting on a certain other individual to get back to me, really am waiting a long time now, hoping that he gets back as soon as possible. Get fed him to live perform his uh, his Rover's tune. Yeah, yeah, I'm get hoping he's there. I think he's around, so we could get him on to do a bit of a, a debut. Not Martin Brennan, great show this week, lads. Some of the songs suggested were excellent and your own attempts were 10 out of 10. You really went for it. Fair play, lads. Pure class brain working overtime. So trying to take a chance. I'm a Hammers fan as well for my sins. One West Ham uh, for us is Arthur Maswaku, but tweaked a bit below. Not a bad one. Bit corny though. It was the best I could think of. Love the show, lads. KOH. So Eric Windham for September. I think we've used that one a few times. So Super Danny Mandrew. Where the green and white hoops. Never gives the ball away. I don't know about that now. But no, yeah, it's not that's, bad. Not a bad show. That's Martin's attempt. What it's, else do we sing for Danny? Do we have a Danny? Well, we have uh, do after midnight. Oh the, yeah, the uh, Danny Mandrew, the Bowles one. That's that's yeah. a great one. That, no, you can't replace that. That's one of the best ones when it gets going. Especially if you're yeah. in the pub and you've won, and all you hear is <laughs> Everyone's just like, oh, half past it. It's great. And in relation to episode 199 and all the tunes, uh, I have a couple of apologies to make. First of all, I claim that Giggsy uh, slagged off Sinead O'Connor on Twitter, but it was a, ca- a case of mistaken identity. It was oh, actually someone else. Prof has a retraction. And I also said that Keith was the best man at Rob Lavelle's wedding. He was so that- the best man. He was the best fucking man. <laughs> So that's two howlers by me, so I have the following statement to make, and that is, I am sorry. Tales from the East End is in the business of holding others to account. It failed when it came to itself. We're sorry for the serious wrongdoing that occurred. We're deeply sorry for the hurt suffered by the individuals affected. We regret not acting faster to sort things out. We realise that simply apologising is not enough. In the coming days, we'll take further concrete steps to resolve these issues and make amends for the damage they've caused. You will hear more from us. Sincerely, Tales from the East End. Very, very solemn and genuine apology, Puff. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you. So, Hickey Hopkins, brilliant episode. Really enjoyed this one. It was actually Jody who brought me to my first Rovers game. So, good stuff from Key Hopkins. Um, that's great to hear. John McKenna, cheers, lads. Really enjoyed that one. Here's to the next 200. So loads of congrats coming flying at us for the 200 prop. Yeah, 200 episodes were a milestone. It wasn't the raucous affair like it has been before with some of the live shows and Jenny Blues and some mm. other places. So I think live shows should be kept to a minimum because for audio content, obviously. So you got to get the show done, then have your, your bit of crack or whatever afterwards. Yeah. I think keeping the madness within the shows, if you listen back to it, it can be a bit of a mess. Yeah, especially the first one we did. The first year we started the podcast, but uh, yeah, so naturally that being recorded in the, the local alehouse of Ring's End, there was a bit of noise in the background, uh, most notably that door from the jacks. My <laughs> God, that was squeaky. I'd say when you were listening back to that, you were just like, oh my God. I couldn't listen back to I didn't notice at the time though. Ed, vo- Ed Saul sent me a voice now. I did notice at the time, but I just I just remember thinking back in my head, I was so engrossed in the interviews. I was like, oh, I didn't notice it was that often. I noticed that, and I was thinking, out. okay, that's the odd one, but there was, yeah. a, there was a fair few of them. But um, 
Yeah, uh, Tommy Fields came up to me on Friday. He goes, "Did you record that in the jacks?" <laughs> Tommy's well on board uh, now. Yeah, I, was, I had a good chat with them afterwards, and Jody said he did a podcast years ago, but he didn't really enjoy it. Whereas this one, um, he's been talking to Stafford and, and everything since. He he absolutely loved this. As someone pointed out, <laughs> uh, Justin Mason's laughter in the background it just makes the show better. That, that is a fact yeah he's, he's just got a, a guffaw a, yeah. a big rapturous laugh and of course the show was co-hosted by Paul Clayton yeah you know that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, everyone was so respectful weren't they like that's always a, a worry for me going into these shows because you know when the lads get the drink into them they forget that they're at a podcast and they can just start chatting to themselves yeah that never happened though. Not once everybody was engrossed in it. I think they showed a respect for Jody more than anything. They were just yeah. happy to listen to him when they wanted to listen to him. So um, definitely. But I think it's all about getting the right setting and having the room to yourself as well. Would you have to say thanks to the to the yeah. Irish Town House for actually giving us up the whole room on a Thursday, which could have, I mean, it was empty, mm. but they gave us the room. So like I said, we're looking for anyone else who, you reckon you have a big collective of fans somewhere and former players, even current players, I think the Borough Hoops we're looking at at the minute who have we got we've potentially Andy Lyons is being adopted apparently he's from Nace but they're adopting him <laughs> that's that's a controversial uh, um, they've got Dylan Watts from the Borough Padjo's from the Borough John Cody so John Cody is adopted as well he's married into the Borough officially not the Borough but I mean those are those are ones there, there is potential there so if anyone else let us know there could be a north side one but we do have to wait on a big shipment of Kevlar so 250 and episode. pepper spray 250th episode may or may not be from the Borough special. Mm-hmm. May or may not be, but... Um, yeah, no, as I was saying, uh, everyone really respectful. And credit to Mooner as well. He arranged it to have the lounge closed first and everything. Apparently he was going over. You know that door between the bar? The Jacks? Into the, no, not that one. The other door behind the bar. Yeah, to actually get in to the actual other side. Yeah, like Mooner kept uh, asking them like, to keep that closed. Because I think Dan Kelly was, was in there at one stage. Someone mentioned it. He could have been, yeah. And Because he shouts something about balls or whatever. And uh, apparently Mooner's dad said he was going to lift them over. Go <laughs> <laughs> over, Richie. He, he was a gas character, wasn't he? Oh, man. He, I'm looking forward to actually getting down and having a couple of points with them and having a good old session because uh, they're, they're top, top lads. Good collective. Yeah, once you started calling me prof after... After the dust settled, I was like, ah, oh, I feel like I'm one of the boys now. <laughs> and he was talking about, like, Milner was, was christened in there and all, apparently. He was not. Yeah. Jeez, it's a real it's a real hometown place, isn't it? And uh, I was also hearing about uh, Stafford's granda, who was there. Absolutely no idea what a podcast is. <laughs> and, like, Kieran and Sean were explaining to him. Like, no, it's just, it's like a radio show. But not on the on the internet, and and he was saying like, I mean, you look you look the part anyway. You're you're gonna look great. <laughs> like, no, no, they, they won't be seeing me. Uh, and apparently, uh, I don't know if it was lack of communication on my part, or maybe it was kind of deliberate to not tell everybody what we're doing. But apparently, everybody just assumed that it was just going to be an interview with Jody. They just thought they were sitting in and thinking, this is great, yeah. let's have a show. They didn't know they were getting involved, which is probably the best way to do it. <laughs> Stafford's cousin said he ran into Sean Gannon earlier that day, I think, or possibly shortly beforehand. And he was like, oh yeah, what is this, by the way? And so like, oh, I think we're just going to sit and listen to chat with Joey. Next thing, Gano and Cavo are being interviewed at the start of the show. But I think maybe what happened was, Garrett, we haven't done a live show in three years. 
I think people, you. I think people forgot that we used to do this quite regularly. This was our thing. <laughs> Live shows. Quite regularly, yeah. A dozen guests. They all come on. Everyone guessed, guessed their spot. I'm going to have to lock in a day for this tattoo one, aren't we? I think people just forgot about this. Is This was a Tifty's stable. Yeah. A live show. Pre-Europe, maybe, get the tattoos done. That tattoo. Everybody be all tatted up going to Europe. Mick McCarthy says he's on board, by the way. Mick McCarthy. He's going to get, get another one. one. He's in for the tattoo for the show. He's in Clareborn. Clareborn's face. <laughs> he was in a good mood on Friday, possibly because Clareborn's show is, is ending. <laughs> uh, final notes on the Irish town in... Uh, Dave Cassidy walked by at one stage, apparently. He could could have roped him in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another rings and a legend. And uh, what else? Do you know about that story at the end about uh, Jody scoring a goal for Shelburne <laughs> yeah, from yeah. a kick out? I ended up writing about goal scoring goalkeepers in the programme. And uh, Con Murphy heard that and he said that he was actually covering the game in Garty Keegan that day. What? Uh, from the gardener shed, he said, behind the goal for RTE Radio. Before the stand was built there, and Jody scored that goal. Said it was a mad day. I was asking any footage, but he said no, no that's footage. That's ridiculous, man. Um, Where are the odds of that? Honestly, that's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, great night, great night all around, girl. Yeah, oh, also, Mooner's dad asked, uh, "Is James English doing this podcast?" Is James? No, hopefully, <laughs> maybe we can get him on. <laughs> I love the confusion about. What podcast is from the the elder statesman? The elder statesman, <laughs> just to put it to put it nicely, diplomatic. Yeah, so we move on, and we have Eamon M was home. Eamon M was home. Good, good overseas listener, and he has a green ribbon review. So uh, they were out drinking pints of green ribbon in Sandy Cove, and his crisp, smooth notes of success. Ooh. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. So good stuff. Great to hear from him, and um, a proper proper overseas listener. So people enjoying the green ribbon, Gar, but would you be trying the Guinness cold brew coffee beer? Of course. I will never ever say no. I always say yes to something, but the like I don't mind like some stouts already have that kind of coffee tinge off it, which I do love coffee anyway, so I'd definitely give it a go. But apparently it's very balls. <laughs> That's the response to everything. Everything. Right? If you <laughs> have some sort of mustache that protrudes from the the, the arch of your lip, your balls. Yeah, just going down to the pub with a few mates, a bit of, bit of music, you know. It's very balls. Very twisty. <laughs> um, we got a, Robert's got to mention it, under the cosh, that big fat tick, John Parkin, wasn't it? He said it in a derogatory 100% way. 100% derogatory. But I didn't really care. I did. Fuck him. Even though I was listening to him yesterday. But fuck him. Um, I was listening to the Matt Letizier one yesterday, and mm. he actually doesn't come across like the nutter that he seems to be on Twitter. He actually came across very, very well in the Under the Cosh podcast, I thought. Did you listen? Or did you listen to James Oh, no, English yeah, one? no, I heard... Uh... He didn't, like, he came across trying to, like, he's getting his point across. I was thinking, maybe I should look into what he's talking about, you know? Because he, he kind of, he said, I'd, I'd like to hear both sides yeah. producing evidence. I don't believe in what he believes in, but he made himself sound but... a, with, a bit of, with a bit of cop on. Like, he didn't sound like a madman. You no, know what I mean? he didn't, but have you seen... <laughs> Did you see that Daily Mail headline summarising everything he believes? No, but there you go. Like it's, it's he did he did away with the fairy. Yeah, stuff. he didn't delve in. He didn't no. go into the rabbit hole as regards to what he believes in. He talked about why he believes in it, which is fair and proper as what I think as well. Like I mean, get both sides, get some evidence, back it up with facts, then make your own decision. Therefore, his decision making must be terrible. 
Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I heard a great point by uh, Brian Cox. I think he's a, I don't, I think he's a scientist or a professor or something. He was on the, the Colin O'Brien podcast. And he was just talking about how everybody has an opinion and everyone's so certain that their opinion is correct and all. He just made the comparison to when you're sitting on a plane, you don't charge up to the cockpit and say, in my opinion, I know how this plane should fly and how it should land properly. Yeah. Like, I have a right to my opinion on how this plane should fly. I can do it. Let me do it. I'll do it properly. Doesn't mean you're an no one, ha- no one has ever stood up and said that in a plane. Yet, everyone thinks they're correct about politics, vaccines, climate change. Everything, everyone's an expert. Yeah, that's a good show. I like that one, Prof. I'm going to use that for in the future. So, we also had Donald Fallon. He was on... Uh, oh, by the way, I'm going to throw it out there to your man. Parking, is it? He doesn't want the smoke. Oh, is this your catchphrase now? He doesn't want the smoke. <laughs> Guarantee he doesn't want no smoke. You didn't hear him mention Tifties, did you? <laughs> Uh, Donald Fallon on What's the Story Pod. Uh, Kimaj got to mention the Far Probs got to mention. He Ooh. says he says become a robber's pub now. He noticed. Oh yeah. yes, he did not. If he was getting a bit of a bit of a smear campaign against him from the I think it's the Sunday Times or the Indo, whatever one it is. They keep having pops at him. Really? The ones, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I think he had, I think he used to work for them, or possibly there was an issue there. But they're having pops at him, and he's just getting back at them on Twitter, and he's just like, yeah, fuck you and your paywall. My podcast is free and stuff. Donald Fallon's a great guy. I don't care what yeah. who what team he's affiliated with or who he's affiliated with. He's a great guy. The voice mm. of Dublin. It was mad hearing him say that, the, that it's become a robber's pub. It was like hearing it announced in the news. It was like, we did it. Yeah, it's official. Yeah, it's official. The it's voice of Dublin pub. has announced yeah. it. Although he says it's in Crumlin, not Kimmage. It is Crumlin, Pop. <laughs> it is Crumlin. It certainly is. And that is... It, it's not even debatable. You could say it's debatable, but it's not. <laughs> Should it? You should hear Roy and the Grills theory on this. He has an exact point. It's like, just after the chipper, that's when Kimmage starts. So he's saying the four problems is the start of Kimmage? Yeah. So Pizza Baker ends, Kimmage begins. No, not the Pizza Baker. Or sorry, the Chinese. Oh, no. But like, so the curve in the road. <laughs> Where is he getting this exact point from? Because he's saying that there's a perpendicular line there. So what's Brookview to the right then? What the fuck is that? So then half of that is crumbling. Half so half of, of that is crumbling. Nah, we, this, we need to get to the so bottom of this. So you could be in like a living room in those apartments. And you can be like, I'm a Kimmage. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> no, it's crumbling. It's crumbling all day. I think as you go down to the lights and that road there, crumbling like Poddle, that little park, Poddle Park, that's crumbling. Kimmage is, I think, the road. No, what's up? But then the sign is there. The sign, the fuckers put the sign up. No, we're going to have to This do must be riveting for our listeners. Yeah, we'll crack on. So uh, everyone, <laughs> keep four in a row. Legend Jack McDonough in their thoughts. He's in hospital after having a stroke and he's paralysed in the left side. So he's got a long road ahead of him, but hopefully he can recover. Yeah, sounds very scary. So finger crossed for, for Jacko. UCD on Thursday prop very comfortable three 0 win. Um, the boys on the hill. Officially, very big fan of hills now. Hashtag hill hoops. Love love a good hill. Found a nice spot, sat down, sun shining, shades on, just missing the cans. That's all we are missing. Good crack with the lads. So hills are officially the cool thing to be on now. All around um, Luke and looking for hills. <laughs> and we're there at the end of the season, so I imagine that. I mean, yeah, and we tried to commandeer the other side, but we bottled it. <laughs> yeah, imagine winning the league title up in the hill with oh, a few cans. A few cans. Brewskies. Yeah, so very comfortable 3-0 win. Pre-match, 1-0. Pre-match was, yeah, it was a good, good, good crowd, I'm talking. Like, they oversold that. 
like I said, hill hoops were, were there, so. Well, there was a big debate, wasn't it, the day before in our chat about is UCD the worst away day in the league? Yeah. And there's, I can see both sides. In some ways it is, because even the whole atmosphere, it was like a Leinster Senior Cup tie. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no atmosphere at all. Football's all about atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it, though? I mean, you've gotten, it's it's technically a Rovers training game. Because there's no other fans. Do you know what I mean? It, mm. Well, technically, it's it's a competitive league game. But it's a training game. Because when do UCD ever pull it up to us? There's no rivalry with their fans. Most people fuck off a half time to the bar. So, but they're, they're, I get what you said. Logistically, it's a bit tough for people to get to it as well. Worst away day, possibly. Possibly the worst away I day. I don't consider it difficult to get to. Well, that's because um, we're southside. <laughs> you could say the same about Tata. Yeah, true, true. But in terms of like a ground, it's not it's not the best ground, but I think it's not not too, not too hard to get to plenty of parking. Although I don't drive myself. Are we gonna talk about uh, the fucking food? Have you got this? Oh, jeez, six euro, six fifth fucking ten for two burgers and a fucking Fanta. Me and Jaden are sitting there and he's enjoying it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you fucking better enjoy it because you're not getting dinner later. <laughs> the most pathetic hot dog I have ever eaten. Doesn't. There was nothing on this. There was nothing on mine. No lovely onions. No delicious relish. No cheddar cheese. Nothing. I'm done getting food and grounds. I gave it a chance. Said burger man looks good. Says gourmet on it. Me and Jaden are hungry. Let's get a burger. Never again. I hadn't eaten. Deliberately for this. I was like looking forward to this. It was nearly 20 actually. It was fucking 18 quid or something. <laughs> Do you know what it was? I was. I got suckered by my own reminiscing. Because my last trip to UCD, it was a different crowd down the field. And they had one of those gourmet hot dogs. And it was the business. <sighs> Beautiful. Great. And when I saw the chaise or whatever, I was like, yeah, this isn't the same people. But, okay, <laughs> going to get the hot dog anyway. No one, no one I knew and I was in trouble. <laughs> when I went up and says, quarter pounder please. And he just goes, there you go. That, that's it. I was like, what? <laughs> that's what I was about to say. I was with Kieran. We fo- that's when you knew. I was with Kieran. And, and he told me about it after. He was like... Yeah, I just thought, oh, they must be preparing for... No, here you go. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what they were doing all morning? Do you know Rustler's Burgers that you get in fucking the, the ones in the packets in Tesco? They're cutting them open all morning and just sticking them in the microwave. There you go, lads. 25 euro, please. They had the nerve to call this a jumbo hot dog as well on the sign. That's what annoyed me most James Lowe got great crack out with your jumbo oh, hot dog, didn't he? he was breaking his bonnet clap. He was also laughing at uh, at Mitzi and his pal Dennis. Yeah, wasn't yeah, wasn't voice Dennis to the UCD game. This is the most mismatched friendship <laughs> of all time. I love this so much, and he's so well dressed. It's just it, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. We're talking about the actual uh, match now. Um, well, some, some more about pre-match we have a few more stuff. pre-match. Bro. Yeah, yeah. On the, on the hill, we actually got pictures. You know that? Yeah, we were on. Yeah, a couple of a couple of snaps came in. Some great ones there. Yeah. Um. The steps, like that hill is to the left of the steps. Every time I look at those steps, all I can think of is Carl Kearns getting chased by the Bowes fan. <laughs> all I can think of is Bocker getting sent off and spitting <laughs> at people. It's just ingrained in my mind at this stage. There's actually some really good memories there. Like Dean Kelly, Sivez mm. getting sent off, Bocker getting sent off. Carl, well, Carl Kearns not necessarily a good memory. But there's loads of memories from those steps from when you think about it. By the way, you said you can go, you go to the bar at half time. That was another criticism. Even the student bar, like, there's not much of a a vibe in there. No, well, I've never people. been. I've actually never been. I went in and there was hardly any Rovers fans in there. Yeah, that yeah, was about yeah. probably forty minutes before kickoff. There were some 
I don't know, random people scattered amongst the crowd. Mm. Like some person had a UCD equestrian club jacket. Fucking rugby nerds were there so, as well. Yeah, like, who's that? Did you see the rugby nerds? I saw some rugby nerds, yeah. They nearly got the smoke. Fucking rugby mm. nerds, prof. Of course, this was the first night after the the GA Rorschach gate. Oh, yeah. After Maloney. So some people were thinking, <laughs> well, would he keep the head down or what? Did you notice the formation he was walking in? <laughs> Did you? No. He had one in front and one behind, like security. <laughs> Did he? He had two bigger blokes, one in front. I can't remember who it was. But he was looking very sheepish. And he walked yeah. around, he had one in front, one behind, in case anyone fucking said that. And it looked like that, you know, it was, it was brilliant. This was overheard by Ozzy Nate. He said, uh, "He said as we were walking down the stairs, uh, behind you, you being Maloney, going back with the second half, some good-looking blonde bird says to her mate, I'm surprised he showed his face here tonight. Maloney <laughs> getting arrows from everybody. Uh, the new there again, he's there every week now. Yeah, he's he? just a fan, man. He's coming up every week, just loves football. Getting swamped for photo requests every single game. Even mm. the following night in the late, late. We weren't even playing. And some outfit is called Packy and Shea. Yeah. Former goalkeepers. They're asking for selfies. And all over them. Everyone asking for selfies. And, and finally, Gar, apparently this game, according to Facebook, one of those League of Ireland chats, apparently this is the Dodder Derby. Fuck off. <laughs> the Dodder Derby. The Dodder Derby. It's fans to have a derby, man. I've never heard that in my life. <sighs> nope. Move on to the game. And we move on to Prof. I had the 4 0. Had backed the 4 0 purely for you. Did it for you. And Barty Carr, five minutes. What an absolute peach of a ball in from Jack Bourne. Just floated in and buried yep. by Jack Keeper. Was stuck to his line. He should, that's, that, that's your box. You can punch things in that box. Does the keeper know that? You can walk and punch things in the box. And you get away with it. That's it, your it, box. It's legal. It's your box. It's legal. And he stuck to his line. and um, Nice. Car buried. Nice hanging header though. Very Gorgeous, good. yeah. First yeah. goal of his career, actually, not just Roberts. Of his career? Yeah. There's a lot of hang time, yeah, you're dead right. Um, he must have had a celebration prepared for the cameras because he went straight to the camera and he had the hands by the ears. And then, but then the following week, Con Murphy was given out to him. He said, Jeez, when you score a goal, Barry, come mm. over to our fans, will yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. He was like, Oh, I didn't know where they are. I was like, We were in the stand, obviously. But then. Um, we Danny on 2 0, prof. Yeah, we were watching this. We were on the side that Gaffney made the pass from, and Jaden, like, after he made it, Jaden goes, Fuck off. Oh, the whole crowd was like, Oh. Yeah, like, Jaden, he's just like, Fuck off. Just, <laughs> he looked even better on, because we watched it back just after that on SSC, the Electricity Twitter. Outrageously weighted pass right onto the foot of Danny Mandrew. He, could, he couldn't have missed it. Outside of the foot, dink slash chip. Oh, I don't know about that. I'd say it was a outside of the foot. Di- oh, oh, prof, you're gonna strike <laughs> up a big one there. In the rabbit hole here. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so incredible pass, brilliant stuff. And, and just on the, you said you backed four nil. I, I, I've obviously given up on the four nil mm. because this team just refused to score four goals, <laughs> as shown in this game. Um, who was it? Owen backed three nil, and then Tuggy did as well. What he. <laughs> He cashed out. No, he backed eight nil. He backed eight. Oh, nil. sorry, sorry. He he backed eight nil. He cashed out after, uh, what was it, fifteen minutes by or accident or something? Half an hour. Um, yeah, a good time up in that hill, like I said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone started chanting, "Hill sixteen, Maloney only." <laughs> <laughs> 
someone was someone was shouting uh, "Happy Birthday" to Big Al because Big Al and Neil Frugia were celebrating their birthdays on that night. Oh, stuff. Neil was twenty three, Al was forty, and I looked into it and I was struggling to find the last forty year old to play verse. Mm. And I wrote this. Ro- I wrote about this in my program. Uh, Alan O'Neill and Terry Evanson had just had turned thirty nine, going into the ninety six ninety seven season. So the last one to play a competitive game, as far as I know, was Mick Smith. He was eight. He was forty two. In nineteen eighty two, Jesus, he was called in for cover for Alan O'Neill. Mick Smith. So we move on to the tour goal prop Gaffney on 41 and it was a tap in I think wasn't it at the back post it was it was Greener involved in this one I think so mm. but um, yeah yeah Greener Greener was on the right and buried one from across not sure it was cross come shot and then Gaff just stabbed the home yeah so this, similar to Harps in that um, it's like a three goal blitz and you're, everyone in the, in the hill was saying, oh, this is 7 or 8 nil for sure. And of course, the goals ended then. We you were, know what I'm going to say about this game? <sighs> you know what this was? Do you know when you're playing championship manager? You're 3-0 up at half time. And yep. you're thinking, lovely, going to win 7 or 8 here and it's nil all in the second half. It was the ultimate championship manager game. Primed for a tonking. Tonk, they were. I, 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 there was a tonk chant. Oh, here was tonk, tonk, tonk. <laughs> it was coming, but still we remained tonkless. No, I, to- it's a tonkless task. <laughs> <laughs> so thirty-eight games now that made it without scoring four goals. This is just going to keep going on and on yeah, and on. I'm trying to think of the fixtures where but we can get it. Second half, I saw it described in, in a RT report as a lackluster affair. That doesn't even begin to cover this second half. We were extremely comfortable without doing a thing. Seriously. Like, were the subs the right? Oh, I'm not going to get into this. Not going to get into it. It has to be... It has we won't now. It had to be deliberate, though. It it's just struck me as an energy-saving exercise. Yeah. We've we drafted on Monday. We can't fucking lose the draft. We've won the game. That was actually a factor, wasn't it? We'd have the extra day to recover and draw it. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we end up losing. I thought match, we should have uh, kept a little bit of more consistency and just tried to pump them, you know? Well, I think we, we lost a lot of our um, fluidity when we made the subs. And I think we got a little bit disjointed after. Fair enough, we had a lot of the ball. Yeah. It was like training, but that's... We that's, didn't have the same rhythm no. after the sub second half. Plus, Jack had come off injured. Yeah. So we didn't have Jack. Um so this was the end of our unbeaten run well Drogheda was the end so our best league unbeaten run is obviously the, the record that we set last year 33 but uh, well, all competitions Brad's best was 19 he did that until AC Milan so UCD had made it 13 unbeaten that had been our second best unbeaten run under Brad's which came to an end in Drogheda and we, do we have to talk about this one? Shades of the cup exit. Just um, three times now we've lost in this ground under Bradzer. A bit of a bogey ground. It is a bit of a bogey ground, yeah. The, um, so 1-0 out there. Pre-match notes, Prof. Well, the team, well, just quick notes on the team. We had Lee Grace back for this one. Um, What else have we got? That was our only change, wasn't it? It, was, it seemed like we have... 
this seemed like the moment where we started having a settled team. Yeah. Because then when the Shelburne game came around, um, we had Danny suspended for that one, didn't we? So everyone knew Burke would come in there. Yeah. I think everyone predicted that team except for Cabo centre back. That was a surprise. But just it just felt like his his eleven was becoming more predictable. Yeah, I think we you you made a note about his possibly being the best eleven, or that could be the Shelbourne game. Yeah, and I that that's exactly when you put that into the group. I was thinking, I don't think I actually have much movement on what he said because it's mm. it possibly is our best eleven, bar one or two, you know. Yeah, so draw the uh, draw the fans actually were. We're good in fairness. Like they they went from the first to the last minute, which it's I, the first time ever. In fairness, that's something I never really noticed from other yeah. fans. Ray Whelan made a, yeah. made a point that they had been like that in a while, but they've been all banned. Their ultras have been banned for a long, long time. Have they? So yeah, they got. That's that's why they're back. The ultras forty five, is it or whatever the fuck they're called? Um, they were banned for a long time. They're a big group of them, and now they're back. And it's good to see. It's what you want. Yeah. Still don't want no smoke. Like compared to Shelburne. They were deflated after the first goal, after two minutes, you know, like, but um, yeah, great to draw the fans. Um, Nugent, um, I actually forgot he was still our player. Yeah, he was on loan to them, but not allowed to play in this match. Which is right, you shouldn't, your long players shouldn't be playing against you. One thing that got, had me nervous about this match, about me thinking, mm, I wondered, could this be one of those games, one of those <clears> days? <throat> they were talking down their chances so much. Because I, I couldn't make this game myself, so I was watching NY TV and the pundits and it was all about like could draw the nick a draw and all this and they're down to bare bones, they've so many injuries and I thought, Oh stop, will you? Uh-oh. <laughs> and this tight famously tight pitch in Drahada. It does not suit us whatsoever. Rain and all we day cannot get on motoring on this pitch whatsoever. And mm. I'll talk about criticism in a while, but first half chances. Um the goal, I think, I was very, very disappointed with this goal, man. I thought, I thought Barry Cotter got absolutely minced out on that out on that right wing by Dale Rooney. Like he got left for dead far too easy, in my opinion. I think he was absolutely roasted far too easily, defensively. Just a great ball in, great ball in, great header. <clears throat> but Cotter had, you could argue he'd earned his start. He came on late against Derry. He was all right. He did play well against UCD. <laughs> Right. But he was he was at he was at fault for this. There's an elephant in the room here, I'm gonna address it about a bit of a bit of a argument I had with another fan, you could say, or in general. I don't think that because of the because of the squad (laughs) that we have, I don't think that playing well necessarily gets you a spot like a a good cameo necessarily gets you a spot in the next starting eleven. So for example was McCann. McCann played very well pre Derry, right? That wasn't the game for him. No matter how well he played, I still wouldn't have played against Derry because I don't think it's that game for him. I don't think he's top of the table clash material in the midfield. That's my opinion. I don't think he is. Same with Barry Carter. Let's say Barry Carter had a really, really good game beforehand. I don't think that that necessarily merits or warrants a starting spot in the next 11. But I think McCann versus Derry... As opposed to Cotter versus Drada when you have three games in a week. I think there are two different arguments. True, true. Make yeah. a stronger case for having to rotate Cotter in on the Monday. But I totally agree with John McCann. I wouldn't have started him either. Yeah. No, the the case isn't as strong with Cotter, but McCann one way is, you know, so. But before their goal, let's talk about the... I mean, our best spell was in the opening 20 minutes of this match. And we could have scored at least three if we were 
totally on top. Their goalkeeper made two really good saves, especially from Danny's free kick. Yeah, yeah. Very good save. And, yeah, I mean, it's another away game where we dominate the first half and we don't score. Like, when, when we're at home and we dominate the first half and don't score, I go into the suite in the bar and everyone's panicking. They're like, oh, we're not playing well. And You're like, relax. I'm like, we always score in the second half. Yeah. But away from home, it tends to have, we tend to regretting it. Terrible, terrible second half again. We got away with it and we got the late goal. Mm. But Oriel Park, we never scored in that game. But that second half was really poor, wasn't it? But the second half, we did not create anything. We didn't do enough to get a result in the game. No, not at all. And do you know what? Honestly, my uh, this might sound like dinosaur stuff, but it wasn't working. Am I right? What's the definition of madness? Trying the same thing over and over, expecting different results. It wasn't working. It really wasn't. And then when we, no offense to Idmo, good little player. In the, news, in the news lately he came on and Gaffney came mm. off I just thought no not the game for him that's not it's not the game for him it's exactly what you said it's not for him and maybe we should go down the MON road kick and rush get it up to Gaffney direct not not long ball direct passing up front and then and then cr- like cut out what we're struggling with which is working the ball into the box and creating chances and get it up there into Gaffney whose hold of play is brilliant and then work kick and rush getting players in around them Give it, give it ten minutes. Give it ten minutes. See what happens. That's that's. Uh, I that's don't. What I, said. I don't disagree with you, but I think after six years, you know the crack with Brazzer at this stage. Yeah. We trust the process. We don't change it when we when we chase an equaliser. True, true. But I think there's always room for a little bit of change. I think, in my opinion. Yeah, and again, Jack was uh, pulled off shortly before the break. Berkey came on from. Um, because of injury and Jack had been pulling all the strings he looked really good in this game so that was probably a factor of losing Jack yeah but and uh, the other factor of course was the referee so what's his name Matthews is Ray Matthews uh, Alan Matthews nephew so is it him? Alan Matthews of Pats who is the managing was he the football director he's on the board of Pats he's um, I think he's the same role as McPhail and yeah just did him a little favour. I was the same as you. I didn't know him before. I was trying to think I've of I've never games. seen his name before. Someone pointed out to me he was actually ref when we beat Dundalk on Easter Monday and he was kind of poor that day mm. but it didn't affect us in the end. But this is this has got to be one of the worst refereeing performances of a Rovers game in years. I think not even the worst because the worst kind of hints at the ref is neutral. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, he got a couple of decisions wrong where it's like he went out of his way the fuck Rovers. That's what I'd say. He he actively fucked Rovers in the ass in that game, and it's it was on purpose. It's all, it's it's what it seemed like. It genuinely seemed like that. If you if you had from the neutral eye, like you'd be thinking, this guy has a thing. Like the, every fifty fifty's going their way. Every little thing he's pulling them up on, you know. Yeah, we didn't do it because of him. No, we, we definitely not. We can't blame him for the defeat, but it was so many little things he was giving them. Advantages on free kicks, like not being far back enough. You saw after the game, Brazzer actually came out and asked, "Where is the vanishing spray gone? The foam?" Which is a good point. Where is it gone? But, but because he came out after that defeat, it probably looked like a mound. It did look a bit like a mound in the yeah. in the in the context. But and then of course, so it's a lot of little things. But then the Danny sending off. You look at the 
the photographs of it. Now, initially when you watch and it... And the first yellow is for nothing either. Yeah. It did look like a yellow when he first kind of went in. It looked reckless, but then... Mm. Like, I mean, like you give that type of ref anything or any sort of... It, like issue or if you if you give that type of ref that really wants to hammer your team a reason to send you off and give you a yellow he's going to do it and mm. we walked right into the trap but that was the kicker though his first yellow was for absolutely nothing so this was his second yellow and here was a tweet from Owen Kowser I think he tweeted this at half time he said substitute Ronan Finn booked for complaining that there have been no bookings for persistent, persistent fouling by Drogheda just outside their own book, box. Then, Graham Burke booked for a foul. Yeah, just shows you. That sums it up. So, second half chances, like we said, we didn't create enough. Uh, Hoare missed a free header from a corner. That was probably our best chance in the second half. Yeah. Other than that, it was, was just really yeah. fucking poor. There was a moment I, I wrote this down in the second half. When Dino Moss got the ball in space just outside their box, and I swear to God, eight Drogheda players in frame closed in on him. It was like that famous Maradona photo. Yeah, yeah. You know, where you could see all the players. But um, nobody had a particularly good game. Gaffney had a rare off night, yeah. I would say. And I think a couple of people reckon Tell had a good game, but I, I don't think anybody came out of that. Uh, that game with any credit to be honest we were never breaking them down and that, that was our first red card outside of a Bowes game in one year the previous one was Sean Hoare against Derry in May 2021 so since then we had Pigo and was it Grace the other one we had two red cards in derbies there was also a lot of stoppage time 9 minutes at the end yeah because uh, 9-0 the linesman was hit with something and he refused to get back in line. No, it's all made up. All made up. Him and his buddy, the ref, made everything up. I wouldn't well, say... If, I mean, if that's the case... I think he, got, I think he turned around and he got all the Rovers fans fucking animals. Yeah. But, okay, having said that, this behind closed doors game is coming, isn't it? It's just too much stuff happening. Jeez, I didn't even think of a prof. It, it is coming. Um, but as it turned out, Sligo beat Derry 2-1. The new manager bounce, or the manager sacking bounce. So it didn't hurt us in the end. We, yep. we maintained our advantage at the top. So biz as usual. Yeah, so first time in a dozen games that we didn't score a goal. And the other time had been the other Monday Loud game in Dundalk. And of course, this was the this United Park. This is the ground where they paraded the League Cup trophy. In the 80s, just before we hockeyed them 7 0. That was the Jody. That was Jody Burns' story. And my last note is that Mark Turner nearly died choking on a piece of chicken. How apt is it? Now, for any of you that listen, we do talk about a lot of fans on the show, and you might not have any context or anything like that, but we try and make it inclusive. We want everybody to feel like they're part of it. Mark Turner is the fast food king. <laughs> he. He, he eats a ridiculous amount of food. He's a good Northside lad, good Northside hoop. Um, and you get a photo of it each time. He 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 eats a ridiculous amount of fast food, right? And he nearly died on a piece of chicken. Genuinely, nearly died on ch- choking on chicken. He had to like it. It came. It got. <laughs> it got punched out of him. Like it went. It came flying out. Like I loved Giggsy's account of the whole thing, and I was saying I can't remember who it was saying to, like. Can you imagine? He'd have died happy. 
Gar, can you like that was on the Monday, right? Can you imagine you and, and I? We would have had to go to Mark Turner's funeral on the Friday <laughs> after dying from choking on a piece of chicken. We would have to go and repay our respects and not laugh at that. Oh man. Imagine sitting there in a solemn affair. It's like, uh, he died doing what he loved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we move on, bro. We'll talk about shells. Uh, Damien Duff's Shelbourne bounced back with a 2 0 win over him. So, Damien Duff's Shelbourne on Friday night in Tala. And I'll, I'll be honest, right? I took one look at their starting 11 and I saw their previous four games. I thought four wins on the trot. Looked at their starting 11 and I thought, these are fucking shocking. These won't land a punch on us. How did they win four in a row? How did they win? How did you know they, they got a bit lucky. They got a bit lucky up there. But the, these are poor. Let's be honest. Let's and all I'm saying, last couple of games they've won, they've had a different gaffer in the in the dugout. Three out of three for Joey. Three out of three. And then Damien Duff comes back and they turn back into the, the limpless fucking soft team that they are. And then we pounced them too. Now it should have been more. So um, pre-match, pre-match notes: Cavo centre back. This uh, he's so good there. You nearly want to leave him there, but I don't want them there. But I nearly feel like he's better in a central position. So how about Gary O'Neill? How about the middle? Having the left footer on the left side of the tree. He's been very good there, isn't he? What about keeping Brace, Grace, Pico, Gannon, Hoare? Like either one of them, putting them in the middle with Gary O'Neill. Left footer, right footer, midfield part. He is a belter after all. Oh, he is a belter. What about that? And who else was on the bench, Gareth? Please pronounce Justin Ferrazaj on the bench and Lee Grace as well. Uh, Justin Ferrazaj has been getting a lot of attention from media outlets and other clubs, top six in England apparently, Roma, Juve, a couple of Italian clubs. Um, if you know, if you've noticed, the Italians are uh, really delving in and capitalising on this whole Brexit thing, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, it's probably the right, uh, uh, right thing to do as well. Because when you think about it, like if they're good enough for a, an English academy, surely they're good enough for an Italian academy. So the Italians are looking at this, thinking, mm, "Have a bit of that." Who you got? Carl Heffer in off Cork. You have Festi Abaselli, who went from Derby to Udinese. A banquet went to Udinese, and now you've got them looking at Oidemo from Lecce as well. So. Have you noticed the pattern though, Brasder, there tends to be like a young player on the verge of a transfer and then around April, May time, he'll be on the bench. So like last year it was it was Zephy, mm. he was on the bench a few times, ends up leaving. Oh, but we, we knew he was leaving, yeah, so yeah. we're thinking will he make a first team appearance, never did. I thought Ferrazaj was primed to come on against, mm. uh, I think he was, he was racking up the subs again against in this game, I thought Ferrazaj was going to get a game. So we'll see what happens next. Um, pre-match notes on the Rings End Derby, prof. Both Southstand tickets were already sold out by the morning of the Shells game. Well, nearly sold out. It was sold out. It was, it was close. Yeah, sold out now. That's ridiculous. That was a month away. It's a month a away. A month prof. away. And no doubt, as soon as they were, someone went on Facebook and said, "Any spares? Any spares? Come on, lads, stump up for the season ticket, man. That's the great thing about it. You just rock up to the game knowing you're getting in, like." That's that's an issue now. An issue for fans is if they're going to get into the south stand or not. It's yep. a scramble. So Smith's video came out as well. Um, we're top of the league, Prof. Top of the table. 18.5, just ahead of Huddersfield. I don't know what's so special about them, but uh, we're top in the standings. Uh, I made an appearance in it. Thank God that was muted, though. <laughs> it left out my awkward hello. 
Um, yeah, the fourth stand is uh, construction underway. Uh, you were making the point. Can we can we decorate it? That's the thing. Yeah, we want to be able to. We're gonna because there's a hoarding in front of it. So let's let's get some murals up. Let's get the boys in. There's a few graph artists that are really good in the ultras mm. and in the round talent. Get them in there and make it. It's getting fucking torn down anyway, isn't it? Might as well decorate it while it's there. Or we could get. No, we couldn't. I was going to say, we get the fans, we get some temporary bricks put in. We could get vinyls put on. Remember the brick that never had the brick that never happened? <laughs> we all bought bricks. Microsoft Yeah, that's bricks. it. You could nearly get some uh, temporary ones put in. And speaking of the ultras, they had a tribute to Joe the Hoop. Uh, it was his 10 year anniversary. There was a piece on him in the program as well, written by Les Lowe. And there was quite the explosion at the start of this match. Apparently, it was a black cat. It wasn't a black cat. <laughs> The fucking Black Panther. Holy jays, this was loud. This scared the bollocks out of me. I jumped like a little wimp. And I did, the, you know when you put your arms like this, you go, <gasps> I jumped up like that. It scared the shit out of me. This wasn't a black cat. This was some Italian curva sword explosive. <laughs> and I, we found out who it was. We're saying nothing. Yeah, I found who it was. I was I was comfortably in the, the main stand and scared the bejesus out of me. I was miles from it. Fuck, I was literally about... <laughs> You could say 23 for me. I met uh, Paul Feeney later in uh, the four probs after the match. And this was this was one of the things he just wanted to talk about. Was this moment, the explosion, and Paul Thomas's reaction. He said he'll never forget. He had a bottle of Fanta in his hand, full. And then the explosion happened. And then the jerking motion. And then it's, it's totally empty. It blew up his Fanta. No, he just cho- he chucked it over <laughs> his head. It was he was so in some, shock. Some poor fucker behind him <laughs> soaked in Fanta. So the Fanta was there, and the explosion gone. Um, so we had some special guests in Tala. We had Paul McGrath and Paul McShane. Mm. But I did not. Sadly, I did not get the Paul McGrath soundboy gear. There's a Paul McGrath. There's some tales from the East End. I'm not just not as brazen as you. you know what I mean? <laughs> Plus, I don't. I was just imagining, can you imagine this is my first interaction with Paul McGrath, the greatest Irish defender ever, and he turns me down for a soundbite. I can't deal with that reaction, or that rejection. I, I doubt he would, unless he's like a certain gaffer of a <laughs> number six Rings End club. Uh, so I went into the bar as always, Rings End Rolls was playing, that seemed very apt. Yeah, what was it? where was I? It was in the bar, I had one quickie. I never see you in the bar anymore. Had a quick one. Yeah, I was kind of show blade, but, but then I'm leaving. Had a sni- a quick sniff there because Jade Jaden does kickboxing, so Jaden does kickboxing on the Friday, so it's a quick one. We get me and get Mel, get in the show, gone. So it's um it's a little bit delayed lately, but um now good thing I had a swifty, me and Jaden had a swifty, and then we went straight in and uh ah fucking atmosphere was great again. Absolutely jam packed and we'd issued with the guards, they wouldn't let us put up uh, Alex's flag, young Alex who passed and mm. they said there was an issue some one, two women didn't want it blown in their hair or some shit like that or where they were, it was where they were standing these two fucking fresh out Temple Moor coppers they, and they were rude about it there was no need for it whatsoever that flag has been there for weeks and months and years since he passed and we had to put it on the back wall so I'm not liking the security or the guards lately at, at Tallis Stadium so I just thought we'd yeah, make we've that we've already more. had a few stories about them haven't we the news. we move on to the football though Prof but before the football uh, like I said in the bar and that's what I'm saying. I'm giving out to you for not being in the bar earlier because I've been trying to introduce you to Jim Conroy oh, after yeah. all this time. <laughs> we'll get and I, there. And I said to him, Jay, you still haven't met him. And he goes, 
I said, I have a better chance of beating Elvis. <laughs> with Europe. Yeah. We'll meet, meet him in Europe. I'll meet him in the bar and fucking pharaohs. So I haven't, haven't spoken to Jim in a good few weeks, so we had a lot to catch up on. He brought me a draw of the programme, and he was giving out about how pathetic it was. <laughs> and he, he was right. It was, it Are was, we going to compare programmes again? It was garbage. Absolute garbage. And the other way, Jody only missed two games out of the, the hundred. Not even injured, by the in way. In the four in a row, not injured. So he played 98 out of, two, of uh, 100. Jim was counting up how many games he missed out of the 175 competitive games Fuck off. in the four in a row. And he missed two. Jesus. Only missed two. There you go. And he had, he had quite the detail about why he missed them as well. Yeah, he went over to Scotland for a weekend, which stretched into a few days, and he got stuck. <laughs> couldn't couldn't make the ship back. Um, Frequenting local alehouses. <laughs> the local alehouse. Also, there was a funny moment where there was a lot of programs on the table. Like I, I picked up a couple, and Carl and a couple, few people having a good few programs around the table. And somebody put their point on the program. Oh no no no! And me and Jim just shared a look, <laughs> and we knew what it meant. It was like it's not a fucking coaster. And then Jim explained that afterwards, like, no, 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 Carrie, you keep you keep it away from the program, keep the spittage away from the program. <laughs> There's etiquette yeah. here for the alehouse. Kieran <laughs> yeah. uh, Gentleman was also looking for you. He wanted to confront you. Oh no! To say that it was not a fix, Carrie. It is a fix, man. Not a fix. Two is cohorts, two canoodling yeah. together, sort he all was, sorts. He was dying to know who you missed. Remember, I was saying like. Calling out some obscure names from the 231 players. Yeah, yeah. And so it turns out the two players he missed was Darren Clark, who oh. was Trevor Clark's younger brother. Leinster Senior League winner with Crumlin and Ed Sol this year. Or is it the older brother? Can't remember. Younger, that. I think. Younger. And Connor Murphy. I don't remember him. Connor Murphy, he, another Crumlin alumni as he well. He went to Shells, I think, after us. Paper balls as well. And he was uh, ever present with Crumlin. I'm not sure. He might be at Lucan at the minute. I'm yeah, not too sure. So they're, they're the two he missed. So, um,. Onto the game and the goal, which some people hadn't even sat down yet. It yeah. was so fast. So Damien Duff shells. Um, we came out of blocks fighting at this one, and it was a ball sprayed down to Borky. Great bit of work by Borky on the right, down to Gaff, and Gaff just made this dart and run, sprays a ball into the middle of the park. It's lovely, lovely ball, really attractive ball. No, uh, like the defending was quite poor, I thought. I'm looking at it thinking, lads, someone needs to clear this. Because Richie tells, late run Richie was back. Late run Richie into the box. No touch. And telegraphs it from the right to the left into the bottom corner. Oh, the way he opened his body was class. That was, it was brilliant. Like, I was looking at it and I was thinking, right, Paul McGrath's gaff is going to need new windows. It's going, <laughs> it's going somewhere. And then to Sean Walsh Park. Some wildlife is going to get taken out of it. But Barry, bottom left corner, brilliant, brilliant strike. Lovely, lovely way. And the celebrations were extra mental in the south stand. Paul, uh, or what's his name? Rob Lavelle picked me up like I was a mannequin and just started swinging me around. Is it normally Nate who does those things? Yeah, no, well, well yeah. I think Nate missed this goal. So <laughs> he can answer that one to, as to why. Three reprobates coming in about 10 minutes late. Well, we're not used to early goals in Tata, so... And on that note, uh, I gave Brad to the stat afterwards. That is officially the fastest goal we've ever scored in Tata. And did he like that one? 66 seconds. He gave me the usual expression of, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't quite say it, but I could see it in his eyes. Um, Thanks for that, Carl. So, yeah, made my night. There you are, 13 years in Tata. That is the fastest uh, from a great counter move, but not the fastest scored in a Roberts competitive match. The fastest scored was actually... 
Kieran Jalali for Sligo in a, twi- in a 2013 League Cup match he scored in 30 35 33 that. seconds somewhere around there so that's the fastest uh, you did know, we go on to beat them that day yeah we beat them do you know it's Richie Celebration he booed the Manscaped sign did he I like to think that was for love us love that that's it, it. Like, yeah that's for the boys off Manscaped <laughs> just know on the football before we talk about the second goal the football we were playing in this first half hour do you know it was a lot of one touch football brilliant brilliant football and the tempo was up a notch they the work could rate, not handle it prof the work rate was up a level as well it was coming off though it was coming off like what they were trying and attempting was coming off positions were right everything was right going through the lines was brilliant brilliant this second goal as well look at the passing like, no, nine, why would you let Rovers pass the ball nine players involved in this don't let them pass the ball just take someone out brilliant brilliant play and then Gaffrey buries it Clark I, I love the way the South Stand can turn someone's name into an insult so it's just a, every so often they would just go Brendan Brendan <laughs> he took it well now in fairness and he, I think Brendan's a good keeper um, his distribution is always good but he, he, he should have saved this but uh, Pace took it in on Gaffney and who got the assist on this one Prof possibly Lions for this one I actually can't remember I think it might be Lions yeah. But, um, yeah Rory's fourth goal this season and like we say, the football on show for this first half hour. Brad, when I said the browser afterwards, he do you know who you brought up? Who unprompted? He brought up the ground staff, Billy and Kieran. He's never mentioned them to me before. Brad's a listen. Kind of funny. Only a couple of weeks after that interview, and he says, you know, they always had the pitch in incredible condition, which uh, you know suits the way we play and all. But someone made the point to us about this game Derry and Drogheda had asked us questions in the previous games the way they were pressing us pressing us high I feel like a few times in the last few years Bradzer has tweaked things and it is noticeable in a game where it's like okay teams are doing this to us Mm -hmm. and then we tweak something and we just blew Shelburne away in this first half blew him away and we move on to the half time and the DDSL and FAI Cup winning team has prayed the trophies at halftime. Brilliant stuff and congrats to all the boys. Some real trophies coming in the road stone starting to pour in. Talk about chances in the second half. Prof, what am I trying to think of here? Well, you're talking about the sales stand there. We were shooting into the sales stand first half. Again, only the second time this season. Never feels right, does it? No, I don't like well, it. As it happened, that's when the two goals came. But the best chance in the second half was actually immediately from kickoff oh yeah yeah oh geez there's some really good defending here Gaffney uh, Clark did well to keep this one out and then Watson the rebound saved again uh, don't know how this didn't go in uh, Gaffney also had one ruled out for offside later so he could have had a couple in this game but overall I think we're, we're able to control teams in instances like this where we know probably the game is over and no one's really going to come back from 2-0 down into the stadium so I think what Bradzer is probably doing at this stage is he knows the classic we managed the second yeah, half we managed them yeah and, think some, and normally the Bradzer of last year would possibly have gone and tried gone out and tried to pump these so I think maybe he's learned pump or tonk tonk <laughs> tonk yes apologies prof he should have went out and tried to tonk them he would have last year so I think game management is starting to improve when it comes to Bradzer's style although you would like to see more goals it's all about preserving your squad now I think as well considering I was just thinking the other day everything why I thought the word tonking to begin with on the show 
It's become like a TFT's trademark now, the tonking. But I, I may have said this before. But when we beat Bowles 4 0 Data Mount in mm. 2016. Gavin Brennan? Yeah, Gavin Brennan. We played at Lawn in the League Cup game the following Monday or Tuesday. And do you remember my old match gra- uh, graphics look up on the website? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to just like list something topical at the start. So that was made sense to me. I would have something related to the previous game, maybe. But <laughs> what I did was I listed out all our best ever wins over Bowes. So half the graphic was taken up by every four goal win or better against Bowes and where <laughs> that ranked. And then the bottom half was like, here's some stuff on that long. <laughs> and then some guy in the on the forum, I think it was, just replied to us. I love how half the graphic... It's just tonkings against balls. Yeah, tonkings. And you were like, oh. I think that's how the word stuck in my mind. But So the second half in this game, um, Shells, they came into a bit more in fairness. They did threaten a couple of times. Lonely Shot. night for poor old Sean Boyd, wasn't it? He had a couple of half chances. A header, volley maybe. And it's yeah. just it, not much going from as regards to the odd ball long up to him and deal with it and then bring someone else in. Like... He's. I will say, I'm happy to see him fit and, and ready and good and playing. Like it's. But I think there was an argument mm. about him being able to fit into our squad again. I don't think he would. I don't think he's going to get into our team. Mm. I wouldn't say the clean sheet ever looked in too much danger here. Um, Shelburne player I even spoke to afterwards didn't. He felt deep. Didn't look like scoring. He, he admitted, but um, like we said, the goal, early goal, deflated their fans, and the early goal makes such a difference too. Doesn't it compare to Drogheda? Like, we killed them in the first 20 minutes, but didn't score and paid for it. In this game, we score early, and it's a different game. Yeah. Just on Sean Boyd, actually. Did you Do you know he has nine yellow cards this season? No, no. He's played ten games. <laughs> He's booked in every game. How is Sean Boyd getting nine yellow cards? Up there, throwing elbows. Uh, Neil Ferrugia came off the bench and played on the right side, mm. just like he had done in the UCD game. And I don't know if you read that interview in the paper afterwards. Um, that even though he's a left footer, he's quite comfortable on the right because he played there for UCD for a bit. Mm. And Brazder was also asked about it. And Brazder suggested that he might actually be better on the right side Ooh. because he has more freedom. He says well, he's on the left side, teams tend to double up on him and it kills his space. Interesting. So he reckons Ferrugia can find more pockets of space on the right side. I love how deep Bradzer delves into the psyche of some of his players and how he can mm. improve them. Of course, Neil doesn't care where he plays. He, he obviously wants to get back in his team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much that it, was, bro. Yeah, post match. Um, of course, the, the ex Rovers boys had had a, I met them in the tunnel. Joey, Davy, Mac. Actually interviewed. Good reception. Da- yeah, actually interviewed Davy Mac in the program. Uh, two former questions from the East End finalists are <laughs> Joey and, and Davy Mack um, Shelburne fans um, when they when they chanted rings end number one I just immediately thought what's what Stafford response to that yeah yeah uh, enjoying ourselves as well they were enjoying themselves they even have a flag saying enjoying themselves McAniff also in the house for this one yeah is there a weird dislike of Aaron McAniff from our family? There was a couple of bills. I don't know why. People seem to think that he jumped at the the la- the first chance he could get. Ugh, come on, man. He won a league, won a cup. What, what more do you want? 
you know, a chance to go and play in the oath against Rangers and Celtic and score against Celtic there recently. Why is there so much hatred? Why not hatred for Jack? And why not hatred for anyone that came back? Alan Manus went to Scotland. Like, why? Why? Do you know what Berkey I mean? It's not non event. It's not even going to entertain it. Somebody booed his song and yeah. then he. One of the best songs ever, but he way. explained it afterwards. Apparently, he's a Hibs fan. That's why he booed it. Who gives a fuck? Honestly. Right. Um, Rob Lavelle ch- ch- started a Duffer song. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Duff- walk away. Duffer, Duffer, walk, Duffer away. walk away. And he also said he reckons the best story tonight is that Damien Duff shells da moaning about the price of Guinness in the suite. It's literally a fiver. It's fiver. No, it's six. Isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Either way. If we're going to talk about points. I haven't had beer in a long time. I'm drinking Guinness Lady. Had a beer in the fucking Silver Granite on Sunday. Seven quid for a beer I'm already. Get me off, prof. Get me off this ride now. I'm not interested anymore. That is door. Seven euros a lot for a point, man. I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm not tight. Like, we still spoke about this. I'm not tight, but fucking seven euro for a point. That's, that's good. That's harsh going, like. Because I bought, I bought, like, I bought a round. I think it was and I was up near 50 quid for 5 or 6 drinks and I was like what is going on <laughs> but um, yeah so with uh, 7,011 attendance prof 7,000 again looking good that's the fourth time this season I think we've hit the 7,000 mark um, a lot of underage teams in that attendance but still fantastic figure Um for, for the Shells game um, so at this point we were isn't now that part of the process though oh it is yeah growing your fan base and doing all these things Brilliant. oh no we, we love those initiatives yeah but it just seemed like I think it, it had reached 6,000 by the Thursday and then it just kind of it was like 7 like maybe on the day wasn't it yeah, yeah. but um, so we were 8 points ahead now and of course, we'll talk about this in a moment. And Doc have snuck ahead up to second, point ahead of Derry, and actually have a game in hand on Derry. Mm. So the Derry, Derry have gone from a wobble to an absolute collapse. Yep. And as for our home form, the Doc's home form is excellent. Our home form, twenty eight points from a possible thirty at home, which is excellent. So we've got three sets of other results. To, oh yes, to cap now. Loads of a, a bit of a, a bit of an omnibus from. Stephen O'Donnell at the end. Um, St. Pat's won. Shelbourne. Damien Duff Shelbourne. This is after um, the Friday after UCD. So St. Pat's at home. They lost to Damien Duff Shelbourne 2-1. Drogheda. B. Harps 3-1 at home. Dirty lost 2-1 at home to Dundalk. Bowers won 2-1 at home. Yeah, that was kind of weird for us, wasn't it? Not having the game on the Friday. Everyone else was playing. We had already played a game on the Thursday. And like we said, Joey had the three wins from three at this stage. And he was he was interviewed uh, by the Indo after he had uh, overseen these three games. And did you notice Dan McDonald's interview? No. I, lo- I love how Dan writes in the word listen. So Joey will say something and you can just see it in the print. <laughs> listen. listen. And then he talks. Um, yeah, someone said to me that they can't wait to hear Stephen O'Donnell's interview on the podcast after being dragged into the stands by the Derry Stewards. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I think so. And how about the swing at this point? Um, Derry beaten here by Dundalk. On the Good Friday, I think it was, at half-time against Pats, as things stood, 
Derry were eight points ahead of us. Madness, man. It's like they literally fell off a cliff. Crazy stuff. It's insane. And then um, on to Monday. Draw the Monday results. We pats three bows nil. Absolute tonking in Richmond. Sligo two, Derry one. Late goal there as well. A very, very nice goal as well. I think young Tom Matten got it. Shells two, UCD nil. And Harps nil, Dundalk one. Dundalk banging form now at the minute, prof. Still waiting to hear from Stevie that he's very quiet, but uh, so like we say, Liam Buckley uh, parted ways with Sligo. Uh, I don't know if you heard their chairman was on uh, Cody's call there on the podcast. He didn't say too much about it though. No, we'll be listening to that now. Um, yeah, so Derry's farm uh, at this point was they'd only picked up nine points from their previous nine games. Whereas, whereas they picked up 23 points from the first nine games. It's like you say, an absolute collapse. And I didn't know where to put this now here, but did you also hear Brian Gartland on LOI Central? I thought, I thought it was brilliant, that interview. Yeah, he was promoting the old book. I really enjoyed it. Interesting one, he nearly joined Rovers. Brad, uh, Brad's was first season. Thank fuck. Never ate him, really, to be honest. He actually met with Brazzer and I think he said Rochi. Yes. So at the end of 2016, this would have been when Rona Finn signed for us. Yeah, big lump of a thing, isn't he? I had a feel. I had a feeling he would have flopped with us. Yes, he would have flopped. Come on, he definitely wasn't there. Because the other two Dundalk players flopped, Mean and Mike O'Connor. Yeah. So uh, other results last Friday, Prof. UCD won, Sligo won, Derry two, Harps two, Dundalk won, Pat's nil, and Bowles won. Draw the. One and we've um, Dean Williams again haunting the balls. Dino. A late goal. We have a bit of uh, footage, we've a bit of audio here from Stephen. So, oh. um, yeah. So, uh, Stephen, Dundalk uh, in fantastic form at the moment. You're actually like a meteoric rise up the second of the table after three consecutive wins. Uh, must be a lot of confidence in the dressing room. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've been taking, I've been taking this room medicine and it's, it's, it's doing well, you know. I don't know football doesn't agree with me. So I think three the nine nine points from nine points from nine nine points from three games is a good return, you know. Although I wasn't happy with the shorts up in uh, up in the Brandywell. Well, what happened there, Steve? You know, I, the new medicines. I've taken a bit of a turn. You know, it sends me a bit wild. So I did it. I didn't understand. I showed them my parking pass, and they told me I had to move my car. So they they took me out. So I do believe um, nine points is a good return, but uh, yeah, I, I'm feeling a lot better with this new medicine I'm taking. New medicine, interesting. Yeah, so new medicine for Stevie O'Donnell. He seems to be uh, seems to be helping the results on the pitch as well. So, Citizen Docs fans' response to um, you know the whacking day banner that that, that <laughs> yeah, Pat's have that done. Was smacking day, brilliant smacking day with Homer just strung out on the couch. Dead. Um, um, lines of Pico Prof uh, Before that um, First division We don't really talk about it too much But there was a top of the table clash there On that weekend Still very close though Cork had lost for The first time Either the first time of the season Or the first time in ages They were beaten And Galway had been on a good run So Galway went top then And they were hosting Cork At uh, Eamon DC Park But they were beaten 1-0 so advantage Cork again. And another bit of news, Alex Murphy is going to sign for Newcastle. Remember we had an eye on yeah, him? Yeah, we had our eyes on him. And this is the one that Danny, uh, Johnny Ward was giving him. 
fucking socks about saying he's excellent, he's the next big thing. So, um, lines of Pico Prof called up. Uh, do we have what we've a game the 21s? Check out, go and check out the 21s at Hallis Stadium. They'll be playing soon. Pico's been called up as well, of course. He's off knocking around now, checking out his Instagram. He's uh, having the time of his life playing for Cape Verde. So, uh, big shout out to the boys. And you go and watch uh, Lions if you can in Tallis Stadium. Check out the fixtures on the FAOI.ie. Uh, Jack has a calf injury so it wasn't in contention for Ireland's Nations League game and he and Danny were on standby so it's good to see that we're actually getting taught about as well so uh, good to see the boys on standby and being taught about and Brad said the mid-season break comes at a good time for Jack and he had this to say it's grueling every week it's not a big game or a derby it's every week these players have done that for three years now and continue to do that and that takes a lot out of you physically and mentally to show up every week and these players understand that that's why he wants them to make the most of the mid-season break he said, we've always given them time off. I know a lot of clubs don't. I give them minimum time. I like to give them the maximum time possible. They get a week. I think it's really important that they switch off mentally, physically. And we demand so much of the players every day and every week. Every game is a big game here. So it's really important that they all switch off. They all still obviously work. They still have programs and GPS. But it's away from our environment, which is important. So a big, big. All the flights giving it. I want to imagine where, who's going where, Prof. Where do we know? Uh, the boy is a Jack has to be the boy, doesn't he? Uh, a couple of gone to Spain and stuff like that. So well deserved rest for the lads. Danny will come back even more tanned than usual. Yeah. Um, the kind of big news was the match fixing story. Well, this broke um, just after we recorded the last time a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the two hundred episode was done in advance, so we had just sort of wrapped up our show, and then this story broke. So we kind of it passes by, didn't it? So it goes back to this game between Sligo and Limerick three years ago, six two. <laughs> with a, a, a lot of stuff happened. Oh yeah. Oh. A certain gentleman who shares the name of a, an English pop star with some very interesting He's style instead, this of defending. And what annoyed me about this is oh, this is one of those where this is when all the bar stewards. Did you let him entertain you when you were watching that game? Yes, it is. This is one of those where in work, this is what all the bar stewards and the casual fans and the people who have no interest. Oh, very frustrating, isn't it? They want to talk to you about they this. They want this. They want the smoke when this comes up. A good six or seven people came up to you, oh, match fixing, what? What's going on there? I'm like, I'm sorry, who are you? I've yeah. never spoken to you about yeah, football before. Get away from me. Get out of my personal space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. Um, Brad, Brad's just spoke about it. He... Said that he called for severe punishment. He doubled down, yeah. On anyone found guilty. Um, it's interesting that after three years, the Gardaí have not forgotten about this. Cold case sitting in the locker. I'd imagine something else popped up. I'd say that's mm. what it was. Um, yeah, we move R- on. Rumours flying around, yeah. by the way, that day. But enough said about that. Yes, enough said about that. We Rory Higgins, he turned down the chance to speak to Notts County. And uh, we, we spoke to him. And he said... Um, I'm not particularly interested in going to Notch County. They don't have a uh, particular brand of coleslaw I like. President Nixon, is that you? <laughs> he didn't like the coleslaw. He, they couldn't find the coleslaw he loves. So. I'm not a cook. <laughs> I'm not a cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm awful. Idemo, could be going to Lecce in Italy, according to the papers. What players remind you of Lecce? Uh... Javier Chavanton the Uruguayan remember him? manager and the old FIFA games that's what it makes I'm trying me to think of for someone else Chavanton was one uh, he's a Uruguayan he scored a couple of goals from. they've only been just promoted haven't they 
they've just come up, yeah. So mm. I mean, this is what we were speaking about off air about the Italians taking Brexit, making it making it their own, and thinking, well, if they're good enough for English academies, we can take them as well. You've got I spoke with this Carl Heffernan. You've got um, who else has gone to Italy? Festia Bocelli. You've got uh, a bank with all these guys who are yeah. taking advantage of going to the Italian league. So, well, there was one bit of new information in the papers, if it's true. Uh, apparently, we've already turned down a two hundred and twenty-five thousand bid from mm. from somebody at some stage. So, if we turn that down, what is the figure that we deem acceptable? Million, squinting, squinting, <laughs> a all, million quid, easy, all the cash, all the cash. Yeah. So, um, three European finals, prof. Um, the the goal I think the Roma one was really really a, like it was good to see them win it it was good to see them celebrate it properly like a real European trophy because it is and our pal Guido who looks after us whenever the Rovers boys go over in the lighthouse suites um, he was over there he was flying corporate as well very posh and he went over in Albania he had a ball celebrating the night away it's a couple of Rovers links wasn't there Roma winning the, the yep. Converse League Eintracht Frankfurt winning the Europa League Um. It was good. I loved how much Mourinho cared. I loved how much the fans cared. Mm. Because that was their first European trophy, wasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. And if you go back to the start of the season, Roma and Spurs were the only two clubs in it of of standing, let's say. Yeah. With a couple of hoops and gone over the It was Frankfurt, being dismissed, we? wasn't it? It was like, well, these two clubs are in a. Like, they don't want to be there. But when you, when you take it seriously, look what happens. Yeah. I think it's great. You can win a European trophy. It's it means something. What happens now is there who plays who in the Euro, like do the Europa League and the Europa Conference League play each other and then the winner of that plays Champions League <laughs> like you know a round I mean? or have a three way match yeah, playoff. Um, who who won the plastic chair throwing Olympics in the European? De- definitely finals? wasn't Rangers. Rangers took all the smoke. Rangers got <laughs> smoked. There was a t- I can't remember what club it was. There was some celebratory poster for a team who won either a promotion or a title or something. And I had all the main players uh, in the graphic. And one of the players celebrating was holding a plastic chair over his head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just broke my bollocks laughing. I was like, who chose that? He's about to scold this at someone. Who chose that as a player as the, for the graphic? Uh, what else we got underage fixtures probably only the women's 19s are in action this weekend we don't have the details yet but the P.O.R. Pride of Rings end Tifty's 5 aside date is the 34th of July we will be taking in, um, teams soon enough but we will get back to you we're going to go for it's going to be in the Postal so the Postal and Tala and then there's going to be a bus going to the Provs after it. we're going to have Ray's Curry we're going to have loads of entertainment and it's going to be a great day so it's back it's resurrected and we will be taking teams soon. We're going to organise the celebs first, prof, and all the the ex players and that to get the teams in for. So it's going to be good quick. And yes, prof, it's the quiz. Oh, it's that time again. Here we go. It's very hard to stay away from it in the WhatsApp groups. <laughs> so here we go. It's the quiz. It's Tuesday trivia, and here we go. A lot of good. I hear Matty O'Dell got nine first of all. The force off the bat is what I saw. So I've I've got I'm, mixed I'm, results on this one. Yeah. Some heavy hitters got some bad results as I've well. I've been told it's difficult, but I've also been told it's easy. So, I don't know. Right, so let's go. Richie Tell's 66 second goal last Friday. Finally broke the record for Rovers' fastest ever goal scored at Tallis Stadium, which was previously 90 seconds against St. Pat's 2014. Who scored that goal? Ugh. Zayed, no. He's a, he's a, he's a fucking melt. <laughs> Shepard, 
Killed off. Oh, Kelly. Something screaming out at me, Kelly. Yes! Good man. I think I remember him talking about it. Uh, which Derry City player once scored against Rovers after just seven seconds in 2003 league game at Richmond Park? Derry City. Derry Farron Coyle Hutton. Derry Farron. I'm going to go Farron purely because he's a goal scorer. No, Peter Hutton. Seven seconds. Which Australian club had Damien Duff been with prior to signing Rovers in the summer of 2015? Melbourne Victory Jets. Melbourne City. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's Melbourne. But everyone got this wrong. Melbourne Victory. Oh, it's fucking City. <laughs> It was Sky Blue, I think. Who was the last club Joey O'Brien had played for prior to joining the Rovers 2018? Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, West Ham. Does this include loans? <sighs> Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, West Ham. Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, West Ham. That was his last club before he was with us. Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, West Ham. Oh. Which team were top of the table going into last year's mid-season break? Rovers, Pats, Sligo. Sligo. Yes. How many senior caps does Jack Bourne have for Ireland? Ah, prof. Four, two, three, five. I'm going to go four. Yeah, I'm getting in there. Pico Lopez has 13 caps for Cape Verde. Who holds the club record for most international appearances? Whilst still a Rovers player with 20. Paddy Cole, Frank O'Neill, Luke Demecchio, Paddy Mulligan. It has to be Paddy Cole. Or Frank O'Neill. Paddy Cole. No, Frank O'Neill. <laughs> Who scored the winning goal for Real Madrid in the 2009 friendly with Rovers in Tala? Benzema Real. Ronaldo or Goody is Benzema, wasn't it? But we should have beaten that day. What colour jersey did Rovers wear that day? Black, green, pink, or purple, purple. It was a cracker. Still one of my favourite jerseys. Uh, who was the first player to score a goal for Rovers in front of the new South Stand in 2019? Uh, Armagh and F. Dink. Yes. Yeah, good finish. 6 out of 10. Yeah, bumped it up at the end there. So not bad for Tuesday trivia again, prof. Not bad, yeah. God, like I said, I got a lot of mixed ones for that. A lot of people saying, "Oh, jeez, you you went hard on us this week." What are no, people saying? That was, that was a that was a relatively. What are people saying? One. I was like, that was easy. So I don't know what to make of that. Right, so prof, up next we have cleared ahead. So what is cleared ahead, prof? Is most listeners out of the podcast would have watched it already, but shot at the Hellfire Club at the, at the beginning of the Dublin Mountains to set up as two characters: one presenter, Graham Garland, and one subject for the pilot, Pico Lopez. So with one camera following them as they walk from the top of the Hellfire Club to the bottom of the car park. The idea is for the characters to have a relatable conversation about life on and off the pitch. Hellfire Club location: the Hellfire Club looks over the Dublin. City and is part of the Dublin Mountains Way, which passes through Whitestown Road. Tallis Stadium is the Whitestown is visible from the Hellfire and is an area where people come for a leisurely walk or have a little look out on the vista and refresh. Perfect location to clear the head. Graham Garland is the presenter of the series, the perfect fit. Graham has walked into their shoes and can speak to the player. The game, the environment around from both a unique point of view. The key is to keep the conversation relatable. It can be serious, but always positive and supportive. The key themes will be around the player, journey life, and what makes them tick. How did they get there? What characters and moments stuck out? Lockdown, fans back in stadiums, mental health and experiences, and football. So this is an in-house production created and produced by members of the media team at the club with the original concept from Barry McCarty. Production and editing by Fiddy, Maguire, and additional support from Graham Moran and Mark Lynch. So we hope to release a video every two weeks throughout the season. So, prof. Yeah. So, like you said, we've got Barry, Philip, and Graham on this one. We will have Garts on the show again to talk about it, maybe later in the season. But we've gone for more behind-the-scenes production for this one. Okay, so here they are. Here the boys. Okay, so it is the media team uh, extraordinaire section today. We have Philly McGuire, Barry McCarthy. And up until yesterday, it was Drone Guy Graham. But we got your second name, Graham. It's Graham Moran. I was saying this to the prof. He's like, he was just going to call him Drone Guy. 
and uh, we are going to interview the man behind the cameras. So we're going to start off with Philly, Assure Media Philly, and <laughs> Barry McCarthy, who was involved with the fantastic Clear the Head series with Graham Gartland and uh, Graham, our very own drone operator. So, Philly, we're going to get straight into it. A Tifty's bus regular. Tell us about how you started following Rovers and how you got involved with media production. Oof, so it was 2013 was actually my first game. Um, I've been watching all the way along. I think it was really the the European run in 2011 that first brought full on interest uh, in uh, to myself, my family. Anyway, my dad was a Rovers fan. He'd been to Milltown, um, but then for years he hadn't gone when they moved to, out to Tala. Um, and it was only that kind of 2011 time he he had been to a few games and. Uh, it was 2013, I headed up myself, uh, saw Bose Rovers, Dublin Derby for the first time. Um, it was a 1-1 draw, so uh, not too bad, not too good at the same time. So it was mainly that. Uh, I didn't consistently start going to games until 2016, just for myself. It was it was too awkward to get out, you know, the, the Lewis going into town and going all the way out. I couldn't drive at the time, so... That was the that was when I kind of started going consistently, and it was in the <clears throat> the rougher times for Rovers. Um, you know, the results weren't as as good as previous previous times. So coming into it, it was an interesting time as a Rovers fan, <clears throat> knowing loads of uh, loads of Bowes fans as well. I was getting plenty of slagging from them. So that was kind of how I got into the club as a fan. Uh, and then it was in 2019-20 season. I was a uh, started going to the, the media team and it was really 2020 um, or 2019 after we won the cup when I made a, a video celebrating that. I don't know if you remembered the, the lockdown quiz that we did. Um, I first made a video for that, the, the cup run, which was kind of my first edition through Rovers as a media man. <laughs> and had you got always had an interest in football before this? Like, had you any affiliations pre-Rovers? And yeah, it, so you're a Milltown yeah. man yourself, anyway. I live, I live in Milltown. So there was always that 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 kind of case where I was walking back and forth, you know, every day to school, even just passing the statue. And even when I was younger, I'd always ask my dad about it. Um, but it wasn't until kind of those later years that I'd actually started going to games, and it was mainly a thing of I love watching football on the TV, and it was only there. It comes a point where you you, you take a click click in your mind, you go, "There's a, there's a league on our doorstep." And uh, it was kind of the, I suppose I'm doing a marketing course in college now. And it's just, I have such a, a joy from, from marketing, not only Rovers, but the League of Ireland to anyone I meet, kind of showing, getting all these people who watch football week in, week out, get them out to games because they're such a good league and a product on our doorstep, you know. Can you remember when it clicked, when you thought, this is for me, I'm going to, this is full on, this is like a full-time job? Because we always... I always said it to the prof, like, I think initially when I dragged him to a game, I was like, yeah, it's, it's 100%, you got to go. And he was like, oh, I'll go to the odd game. I was like, no, it's it's all or nothing. Like, First game, definitely first game. I think the 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 buzz, the atmosphere, I've been to Premier League games loads as a, as a United fan, but I think when I first had my first Rovers game in Tallis Stadium, the, there's something different in the air, honestly. And especially at Derby, when when they, you can feel the tension in the air, I think you just fall in love with it straight away. And um, it was when I eventually was able to go consistently from kind of that those later years on, I, like there's there's no turning back. You get you get hooked, you know. 
and um, we've had our own collaborations. You produced our Way Days video and you've designed ads for our beer green ribbon. So have you any side projects in the work and what are you working on now in college? Yeah, so just just finished up in second year college. Um, I was doing a different degree before, but I think it's only recently I've, I've decided, you know, I think marketing and promotions is, is, is kind of the route I want to go down. Um, we've done a good few projects for, like you're saying, yourselves, mainly work with, with Rovers with, with my own Assure Media. Um, but we are looking to go down. We've done music videos, pretty much anything. So it's kind of just that joy for, for making, improving people's you know online presence uh, through video format. So that's, that's, that's it. And the, Ro- the Rovers TikTok and social media pages have been really popular lately. The TikTok more so being a way to boil piss really whereas the IG and the Twitter will be more official so creativity will be flowing a little bit more on the TikTok so you get a little bit more of a creative license to boil said piss yeah definitely I think it's it's, it's, a, it's a platform that's only emerged recently and I, I feel even myself when we when we had a meeting with the FAI with all the clubs um, I myself didn't get it while I had it the app I didn't really see an avenue for football clubs to go down it but you know, we all talked about it among the, amongst the media team, and uh, yeah, it's it's. I think it's a year coming up next month. I think it's June twenty first. We started the page, and it's our most followed platform. We've just hit eighty three thousand followers today, and um, it's it's just mad, mad stuff. You know, you get a million views. We've a million views on two or three videos on there. Where before, the only post we had received a million you know, uh, interactions on was the, the Zlatan Greener picture. So it's it's definitely a platform that I think not everyone would get and enjoy, which is fair enough. You know, it's 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 everyone has their own cup of tea. But I think it's definitely a platform that is getting a lot younger people into the club. Um, and I think new fans come into the club because of that. So. But it's, it's a whole new world as regards to social media because you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram and I'm not, I'm not on TikTok, obviously kids and things are, but it's a whole new world that people has, that has opened up to like the likes of Sean McGrovers and things like that. And it's a, it's a really good platform to invite the, the younger fans, I'd imagine. Absolutely. And again, you're, you're having, you're having moments where we've kind of gone back and forth, you know, lightheartedly with other clubs Um you know, we've had a, a few uh, a few comments and likes and videos made about Watford, uh, Swansea, Zenith, and all these clubs can have, you know, millions of followers. And then they're having goes back at us, which has bought us the interactions. And of course, then you have all the fans of those clubs in Ireland who are going, okay, hang on. You know, they're paying attention. Now. Rovers are calling out these people. You know, it's, um, it is bringing a lot more attention because, again, a lot of people... We, you know, we monitor the comments and a lot of people are saying now, you know, they tag their friends. Oh, look, here, we go up to a game that we put the, the, the next game uh, time and everything where to get tickets. And, um, you know, we're monitoring all the, the, the clicks, the links and stuff. And it is it is proven to be quite successful. And uh, again, it's it's our most um, followed platform. So. I think that that kind of speaks for itself. And then when you've had the likes of Thogden, um, you've had Thogdad, uh, we've had Smith coming over, these guys who are actively coming over and filming. It's pretty much free publicity, but obviously they have their own personal agendas, but it's nothing but, I think you have to be open to be able to welcome these guys in. 
And I think we've uh, we've done very well as regards to exposure when it comes to the likes of Ogden and Smith. And that's that that'd be right down your alley, wouldn't it? Yeah, and again, even for example, you know, there was there was people, um, a couple of lads text me there before these guys came over because it was a case with the the Togden one. We had known he had he had said initially, but at the start of the season, okay, they booked tickets to the Dublin Derby, so it was a case we got in touch with them and said, look, you know, we'll we'll, we'll give you a bit of a like show you around the ground a bit. And um, with Smith, you know, it was a case of. And it was Connor Foley sent me a text to let me know that they were they were he was coming over and it's shown me the the Cork City video they did and I thought just thought it was a great opportunity. He's there rating everything from the food. He went to raise curry to the atmosphere. He was coming over for the, the top of the table clash with Derry City. I think it was just set up to be, you know, a, a quite um memorable and great video publicly for us anyway. Yeah, no, it went down well, it went down a tree. We had him in the the provs and everything. Prof had him drinking green ribbon, and the whole lot. Um, do you keep an eye on other close pages for trends and mistakes? I mean, we've all seen the Cabo and the Bray most recent attempts at designs. They've been, there's been plagiarism all over the place, and that's been I've I found that hilarious. And I think all the other clubs joined in as well. I think Harps had a really funny one where they're just putting up bad designs on purpose now. Yeah, I think I think that's the, the the main thing to watch. And again, a lot of clubs like like Finn Harps I think they're a great example. They kind of do what we do on TikTok, but on Twitter. Um, now our Twitter pages are kept kind of very, we'll stick pretty much to the just the, the club format. You know, we don't really stray from that. And again, I don't want to speak too much on that as I, I don't have too much involvement with the the running of the Twitter and the the Facebook, um, and Instagram. But posts. I think and in, in, I think they should be official, really. Oh, I think that, that should be kept strictly for information for the fans. You know, I don't think any personal opinions yeah. are and should be aired on that. that. And that's it. I think if if you want the kind of that's just the straight up, you want the, the score, the match updates, you go to you go to Twitter. If you want just the, the updates after the game, you know, again, Instagram, Twitter again. But uh then then if you want a bit of, you know, uh ball and piss, you head over to the TikTok and see, you know, <laughs> <laughs> see whatever we have up on there, you know. So, um, give us your thoughts on this season so far. Are you happy with the way things are going? We're midway through now, and we're looking good. Definitely, yeah. I think I think it was a bit of a not a panic stations, but there's people kind of, you know, feeling a bit different uh, about the start of the season. But I think now it's starting to click. You know, it was only the fact that we had someone challenging us quite closely in Derry City. Um, and even past the start of the season, those first two or three games. But now, as you know, Derry started to draw points and the gaps open. And I'm not saying there's, there's any, you know, there's an easy way to anything, but I think it's looking a lot better. And I think people are starting to calm down as we look, you know, more quote unquote ourselves in terms of the table. Um, but again, I still feel we, we can, you know, step up. We have another gear, hopefully, clicks in, you know, in time for, for a good European run. Uh, but yeah, I think. Hopefully business as usual now. I don't think we've seen a full 90 minute performance yet. That's that's being honest. I don't think we've seen a full on fourth gear, pedal to the metal, full on performance. And I think um that's that's still yet to come. But do you think that Derry are going to be genuine contenders at the end of the season? Because they've pretty much fallen off a cliff at the minute after the loss to us and Talent. Yeah, I, th- I think European season time is going to really show at the top of the table. Now, Dundalk have kind of come up and they're, they're, they are in second now. I know they have a, a game in hand. Um, 
but I think your the European season time will kind of show between Rovers and Derry if you're talking about it in that context who can kind of stand up to the mark and, and kind of get through that period and balance both the league and uh, the European season and again if you go further then the, the FA Cup as well or FAI Cup sorry a lot of a lot of podcasts are talking about that's Rovers it's in the bag it's only halfway through are you comfortable with that because personally I, I think it's a, it's an insane thing like to Johnny Ward and, and other guys Shane Keegan as well they're pretty much saying Rovers have it in the bag it's just a it's a, it's a matter of time I'm not comfortable with that do you do you agree with that I, I'd be in the, the, the same vein in the sense of like just I normally keep every year I, I don't like to go near singing She Wore or anything in the grounds until it's pretty much wrapped up you know um, I was, I'm very superstitious in that way I always feel like I'll be the one who curses us to not win it yeah. so I, I'm normally very cautious until the end because again you, you'll say something and it'll come back to bite you you know yeah, yeah, definitely. So that was Philly. And uh, we're going to move on to Barry now. Barry McCarthy from uh, the Clear the Head initiative with Sky. So Barry, tell us about your experience with Shamrock Rovers, your first experience, and how did you get into following the hoops? Well, first thing I'd say, it, not with Sky. That That is the day job. But no, it's a 100% uh, Rovers only uh, production. Sky, Sky are not getting this one, I'm afraid. We're working um, on that one. We're working on that one. We're working on was that the plan all along? Maybe maybe, maybe you're, <laughs> you're you're revealing something. That was the plan all along. Get this idiot in. Um, first involvement with Rovers. Um, I suppose it's it's from the football inside. It was getting getting tanked by them. Um, playing as a young fella, and then um, lads of my generation getting being good enough to sort of break in. So um, Dave Mooney would have been my best mate. Uh, growing up. Um. Our mothers were pregnant together, like we, we we were around each other seven days a week and he won an All-Ireland actually, I think against Kingdom Boys, which we found out on Clear the Head, Gary O'Neill's father set up, which is a which is a hell of a story. I think I need to, yeah. to, to chat to Gary about that. Um, but he broke in um, when we were down in Mission Park, obviously before that then there was another um, man from Glenview, was a very good Rovers man, that's Tony Cousins. So I was really good mates with his younger brother, Andrew who um, got away to lead. So it was actually the football, really. My family weren't um, really into their sport and, and and that. So it was me going along and, and, and cheering my mates that got me involved. And then I suppose um, I've always liked my sport to have a bit of meaning behind it, a, a bit of a story, to have some kind of cultural impact. Um, mm. And when I kind of found out a little bit more about the history of Shamrock Rovers in my kind of late teens I realised very quickly that for a lot of reasons they were the, the team for me so that's that's sort of the reason I got involved and when Dave came to you and said listen I'm thinking about leaving Shamrock Rovers you obviously told him to stay but he didn't listen that time wasn't it that was that was a period in his life uh, where he wasn't <laughs> listening to anyone <laughs> um, and uh, he was just kind of—I think he was doing his talking with his, with his feet, you know. And he had an unbelievable uh, couple of years, and I think eventually Brendan Rogers signed him um, away to Reading, and we were, let's just say, we kind of supported Liverpool a little bit, if that's okay to say on 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 yeah. on, 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 on this pad. So he had a yeah, he had a great career, and it was it was amazing to see where 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 he went. You know, I'd love to get him on clear the head. I don't know if the lads would have him. But, um, I think I think we make an allowance. Definitely so Tony Cousins, though. 
definitely yeah, yeah. so clear the head um how and when was this idea spawned i mean it's a brilliant initiative very important message coming across and it's ultimately that it's okay to talk yeah thanks uh we appreciate that and uh i think what you guys are doing is, is unbelievable as well um so i met mark lynch through I, I suppose the day job and whatnot and he, he kind of said would you be interested in volunteering with the crew we had um he didn't say it'd be philly and graham at the time um i probably wouldn't have met him in the points that day but he, he said they were sound anyway and um we trashed out a few ideas for uh, a start the season promo um and i, I kind of had this idea around something to do with the hellfire club um and it, it, I had, I did. To be fair, I think I did kind of have it fairly formed in my head, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, the lads really took it to another level and really, really understood. But the idea being, I always cycled up around there and ran up around there, like I said, growing up where I did, um, and I knew it was a good spot to sort of, you know, get out of the day to day, get out of the kind of the the housing estate or whatever it might be, the college books, whatever. Um, and then during lockdown, it was one of the only places you could kind of go. If you if, yeah. if 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 you were there, and then Philly's chatting about the start of season promo and Mark, I, I had this really like over the top metaphor <laughs> that it overlooked the city and as champions, um and you know most successful club that sounded Rovers, you know there's no, nothing bigger or better than us and that's that's why I was at a healthware club. I could see Philly looking at me going, this guy's an absolute head case, <laughs> but um but he, he was he was really sound and he said okay Spielberg like why don't we just make this start of season promo and uh he did a really 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 good job on that and then to be fair to Mark uh Mark Lynch he 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 listened to the idea and I said look we could do something around mental health uh, didn't want it to make it overtly about mental health and it isn't yeah, um yeah, yeah. and that's due, due, down to the skill of guards but he said uh Graham Garland had a similar idea uh, and then, like in kind of the way the way things work, he's like, "Are you going to the game tomorrow night? Can you hang around afterwards and meet Graham?" So um, I can't remember what fixture was. I feel like it was. I feel like it might be Finn Harps, maybe. <clears throat> and Garts was doing co-coms, and I literally shouted at him, "Garts, do you want to do this?" And he was like, "Who, who are you?" Like, <laughs> and and, and uh, he just said, "Look, there's my number," and he he sort of ran away from me, you know. Uh, and I sent on the idea, and in fairness to him, he went, I love that. I had a similar idea, but I, I, I kind of love that. So that was Friday night. Saturday morning, we bought microphones, the much famous microphones that we're trying to get working. Um, and I met Philly and, and Graham on the following Monday with Pico, and we walked backwards up the Hellfire and didn't know what we were going to get and the rest is rest is kind of history you know so that's how it came built so pretty quickly when you were spitballing originally and having the ideas and what was it always going to be the hell for it and what the, the current premise is now and the, the subject matter is now was there ever anything else to be fair to the lads they've been very good at going okay look that we'll use the hellfire and i was kind of at the time adamant that it had to be the hellfire and um, for that reason of like i said it being um a bit of an unusual enough place like the the dublin mountains way runs past whitestown way there's a sign there the dublin mountains way runs straight right past the hellfire it is a, like a beautiful spot like it does help you clear the head um 
And I think people have picked up on that. But actually, what we've been chatting about as a group, because we do make decisions as a group between Phil and Graham and uh, Graham Garland and and um, and Mark, is you know what? Maybe we we wrap it up for season one in, in in I don't know how many episodes time, and then take it somewhere different. Then next time, um, Phil thinks Sandy Mount's a good spot. I, I agree. Like, is it walking around Ring's End? Yeah. Whatever it is, because I think I think people get it. But then. <laughs> The other thing is, like, we get Gano up there, uh, and I rang him. You know, the like the road was closed. You know, Graham's going up with the drone. He's going, Vaz, there's, there's road works. They're not letting us up. Do you know we'll have to go the back way? Oh, no problem. Yeah, Grant. So I ring Gano. Uh, How you going? Uh, we're going the back way into the healthware club. He goes, Vaz, I'm outside of Ring's End. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm the clue where I am. Like, you know, do I need my passport type of thing? <laughs> um, so. Uh, he said he'd never been up before. Like, I think, you know, Jack said, Gary, Gary, obviously they haven't been up. So I think the players are getting something out of being somewhere unusual uh, or unique rather, I'd say. And I only wish that it, it came across more on film because there's times we'd be walking up backwards and uh, like the sound of the, you know, nature around you, it's, it's and the look and this, the feel, like it's, un, it's an unreal spot, you know. But that's that's something great that you captured the fact that a lot of them hadn't even been there, which which I mean when you think about it, I love the random encounters like the one with Pico in particular when you met just a, a couple of people that he knew and the fact that it portrays players for what they really are, the down to air people because sometimes sometimes footballers can get a bad rep and it does paint them in a very good light. One hundred percent. I've got I've got a thing. Um, it drives me mad that footballers always saying that they don't give interesting answers in interviews and. They're not asked interesting questions. They're not important situations where they can get to represent who they are. And as you go up the levels and go up the pay scales, that's by design. And then you end up with, you know, the the bullshit that is Man United player relations with 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 their fans, you know. And I I know there's there is pressure on players as 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 well. Um, but that's where we have something special in the League of Ireland, Shamrock Rovers, and I'm just delighted that through this we're able to represent like what type of individual Gary O'Neill is and how he feels when he sees the lads getting called up to Ireland or um the the line Pico draft. Like I knew we had something worth sharing when Pico talks about getting a mortgage. Bearing in mind the man used to work for a bank. Um and banks would be more than happy to have any of our players down opening branches or on the front of ads and everything else, but they're not backing them when it comes to getting mortgages. You know, if 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 you talk to the lads or whatever, and Pico said, he said to his missus, um, or his missus said to him, like, you know, this is our fifth rejection. And he said, well, we only need one person to say yes. And that's actually way more of an important statement on mental health and fortitude and having to stay positive through life than Graham Gartland turning around and asking Pico, do you ever get upset? Like yeah. so it's it's to be fair to Graham, he's got he's he's got a lot of skill um in how he's making it happen and the questions he asks. Yeah, Garrett's been a revelation in particular on SRFC TV alongside Khan. I mean the Twiggy and Desi of the commentary world. So was he your number one choice to lead the interviews? I think no, I'd fair he's, he's, get... he's probably gonna be listening to this one, so no, he would have been fourth or fifth, I'd say, a bit like his <laughs> oh. playing career. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, in fairness, it was it was Mark joined the dots pretty quickly and said, um, Graham is interested in that. But I think 
in, from the first time we, well, not the first time I spoke to him, I think I freaked him out when I hopped him in Tala, but um, when I sent out over the kind of draft brief I had and when the, the Graham Moore and myself and Philly met, like, Gareth gets that we're trying to give the players um, a decent opportunity to get across who they are as 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 people. What a special club Shamrock Rovers is, and I think um, the episode of Pat Flynn, I, I, I think that that's exactly what I wanted to try and try and represent if I'm honest, because I, I know a bit about Pat as a, a person and his kind of values. Um, and you, you just simply can't get that in, in your normal press sort of media kind of yeah. interview. And then there's another angle and look like Graham can talk for himself when he's on, but um, we're both kind of from, from Tala and, um, but, the, the, the like the tallow I grew up in was was great. It was unbelievable. You know, you had you had those those mountains on the doorstep. You had great football clubs. You had great X, Y, and Z. So why can't we show it off in a in a really positive light? Um, and and say you know this is our back garden. Uh, so there's loads of reasons why I think it think it's it's something something we can be uh, proud of as a club. So we're just going to throw a couple of questions to Philly because he has to go soon. Uh, so my first one for you is, uh, what does Gertz give you stick about during Clear the Head recordings? Oh, uh, jeez. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> uh, my lovely, or as he refers to them, uh, the Captain Hook eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> so that's his personal favourite anytime he sees me. He can spot me from a mile away with them. <laughs> You can't fuck with Gareth when it comes to the bands. He tore a couple of people, a few new arseholes at the Player of the Year Awards. A couple of people tried to heckle him, and they did it at the, they did it at their peril. And before we let you go, uh, I suppose what's your most memorable or funny or notable moment in the series so far? In the series of Tipties, and <laughs> clear the head. <laughs> I thought I was going to give you more credit there and boost your ego <laughs> more um, my favourite moment I think it was it was off camera and I don't think you noticed it but <laughs> Graham Moran has had a few there's been a few times we've both been filming walking backwards and kind of Barry's normally our guide moving us back and forth there was one time I think Barry's watching where I was walking <laughs> but Graham was unfortunate to walk all the way straight into a load of uh, horseshit on the track <laughs> with no warning. <laughs> and of course, the mics are on, so we can't say anything because normally we like to keep it cut seamless through for the natural thing. So he was there walking up halfway up the Hellfire Club, covered. <laughs> all right, well, Philly, thanks very much yep. for your time. And we'll let you to. You used to head off now, am I right? You used to head off. And, uh, I have to, a few rooms to go up and uh, clear the jacks, I suppose, to clear the head. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Phil. All the best. We're going to bounce back to Barry now. Uh, Barry, going to ask you about this season. So um, tell me, who has stood out for you so far? And do you think we've really gotten the most out of the squad as regards to rotation? Because it is, it has been an issue where there's been a lot of squad rotation, a lot of subs. A lot of tinkering, you could say. So, who do you think has stood out, and do you think we've gotten the most out of the squad? I think a, a, a bit of me is looking at this season through the lens of is it all just for Europe? I think at at at, at times it, when it comes to the tinkering as well, like it is in a new system that uh, obviously brought in as a result of changes to the personnel, Joey, and that. Um, 
and at times uh look i'm i'm not an expert i i i people like Gertz and um can help me understand the game at a level I, I couldn't um I couldn't understand but you're looking at maybe the what appears to be like holding midfields at times just going oh, hang on if we just let these lads off the bridle here we'd be battering teams. Yeah. But in Europe the challenge you've kind of had is um keeping the ball a little bit and and, and just just being a little bit uh more controlled um and i i think i've seen in uh say richie tell the last few weeks um that kind of rhythm of them kind of keep keeping the ball um so that that's kind of what i think on rotation i think as a fan um or like bringing people up to the game which is kind of been a team actually for me this year is is, is getting more and more of my mates who who wouldn't have come as regularly to go every week and 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 you know make their home way up and all that supposed to be dragging them but um you, you want to see Burke and you want to see Danny and you want to see Jack and you want to see Dylan Watson these, these lads strolling around but uh, I have a more my own style as a very limited oh geez now I can't name the player but I, I think I like watching lads operate uh, like Gary O'Neill and, and, and that here who just have a, a brilliant rhythm around them in terms of standing out uh slaughter but I, I I think Rory's game has come on and, and again yeah. with an eye on Europe that athleticism and that uh, direct streak can do damage um, I think I'm going to put you on the spot here now and I'm going to give okay. you say our starting 11s and predictions you're up for this one give us your strongest starting 11 give us your strongest starting 11 you're going out to play in Europe right let's say that you're going off we've drawn I don't know Linfield, right. we're open. Win- we're open. Windsor, you want to put yeah. your best eleven out? Who are you going to pick? Firstly, you have to start all the lads who've done clear the head. They've been unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much. So, probably make Lee captain. Um, <clears throat> I look, it's it's an unbelievable squad. Uh, so, I, I honestly feel whoever we got in there, we'd would do a job. Personally, myself, I go Lee Pico. Um, Sean, right. You know, sorry, Gano. Uh, obviously, you'd, you'd want Jack uh, leading in the middle. Um, Richie, Gary, right. Holden. Um, right. Can someone count? Or can someone? Jo- yeah, jo- no, count? I, I have I'll it. The classic two, name and, name and, name two fullbacks, two fullbacks, yeah. a striker needed, and another midfielder. Um, striker, obviously, Gaffo. Um, a midfielder. Uh, okay, oh, Danny Graham Andreu. Imagine that. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, look, when one, one of them isn't playing, and the I'd be sit there going, like, bring them on to make a difference. I mean, there's there's times uh, uh, Burke floats around the pitch. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Whatever I could do on a fo- football pitch, it was the total opposite of what that man can do. There's a bit where he kept the ball along the touchline. On, on that was the first half, wasn't it? Oh my god, what on earth was wasn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Never seen anything like it. Uh, but then Danny's ability to play on the, the literally on the shoulder is ridiculous and it murders teams. Mm. So, um, going to my head, I'd go with Danny. Such a tough question, though, isn't it? It's possible. Um, right, so we're going to move on. So, thanks. Uh, you've been 
brilliant and we will definitely have some more in the tank with yourself Barry so we're going to talk to Graham there is time for the Graham. most patient man in Ireland mm. he's been, he logged Moran. into this meeting 50 minutes ago and let me tell you lads Graham is the glue that yeah, winds yeah. this whole thing together so you're ending on, on the main man can't, he's been can't watching sniff me though <laughs> he's been watching some good content I'm sure he's happy so Graham is there an official title a, a drone pilot an operator and what inspired you to actually take up uh, the controls you could say uh, yeah so I suppose Gary would have would have initially come into the club um, with the with the sole role, role as, as as the drone pilot and drone aerial pilot. shots of talent but I think I've moved on a little bit since then and the the drone really does be gathering dust a lot of the time and match days now. It could be anything from, you know, helping setting up the interviews, um, promos. Again, sometimes um, if myself and Carl are trying to decide who to interview after the match, do we go with the man of the match? Or if it's been the same man the match the last couple of weeks, do we try and pick someone else differently? But no, look, I would have come in originally at that, but the, the role has, has evolved um, now. So I would I would be involved in, in most of the promo activity, the clear the head stuff, uh, academy updates, under 19s, a little bit of everything. I, I suppose I'm a I'm like a rag. Could <laughs> do a job in anything. I'd imagine a certain individual has uh coaxed you to get involved in a little bit more of a, a big, bigger capacity yeah like look I would have been a, I would have been a, a season ticket holder for the last kind of four or five years anyway since I moved up to Tallow I would have always would have always been a big football fan played DDSL the whole way up and yeah when I'm not doing the day job I mean I'm either watching football or involved in football so I remember at the end I think it was halfway through the 2019-2020 season I got in touch with the club because I was making a kind of a, a video and a documentary almost on the impact of COVID in sport and I suppose to go from football stadiums where you would have had you know crowds and capacities and atmosphere then to go to games behind closed doors where you can you can basically hear a pin dropping and yeah. and Joey O'Brien shouting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I wanted to try and capture that um, that sort of change in dynamic and and as I said, I got in touch with the club. Mark uh, Mark Lynch again uh, gave me the go ahead to to kind of come up and do some photography aerial photography work. And yeah, look, it really evolved from there. I I I, I captured some. You know some some shots looking out west. There's a there's a one I think we use quite a lot in the social, which is one of the best photos I've ever actually taken. Is the sun setting over the west, um, in the background, and I think you can see you still see the eighteen titles on the on the on the west stand and another one then that we would have done towards the end of that season. Obviously, we lifted the we lifted the league title for for the first time in in what seems like an age and again some of the footage that a drone will allow you to capture i don't know if you remember but it would have been used in a lot of the promos and a lot of the the socials is it it, it starts almost where the press box would be in the west stand and it was just as thinner 
lifted the trophy and the confetti came out and the drone took off left, went through the confetti around the back of the players and finished up up over the back of the West Stand. And I didn't have the drone all that long at that point and I was half shitting it that it was about to crash into something or someone, but Later. it turned out again to be w- one of the better shots that I've, that I've taken. And I mean, again, it's just a drone. What, what that will allow you to do is it allows people to see a view that they're just not used to seeing. So mm. I can get the drone up over where we're currently this construction started on the north stand, and you can you can bring it up a little bit, and you almost get a view of what it would be up like in the equivalent block X of a north stand. So there's a few floaters knocking around of that. Yeah, and then we try and utilize then the drone footage in the you know the promo. We 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 had a bit of over aerial footage out down by Talca Park. We had some out in the RDS. Um, and of course to clear the head so we're just trying to I suppose give different aspects to complement the work that we do when we're when we're getting our standard shots which is our you know walking backwards up the Elfire Club etc so Are there any restrictions as regards to actually using a drone like do, do you have to have an, is there any limits or laws or anything like that? Yeah, there is. Now, it used to be relatively, um, it used to be relatively kind of flaky insofar as regulations, but, but in the last couple of years, it's, it's gotten, you know, really tight. And yeah, look, first of all, you have to have the, the drone registered. If it has a camera on the front, it doesn't matter about weight anymore. If it has a camera, it needs to be registered. Again, a lot of people might not do that. Um, right. It's difficult, as you know, to enforce, but given the sort of, people acting the maggot in and around airports over the last few years when you had to see airspace closed for periods of time and the knock-on effect and flights etc you, you are you, you're required to register your drone you're not allowed to go above 15 meters for example if you're in certain airspace and i suppose as as rovers fans would know at tala we're we're actually quite close to the final approach to casement aerodrome or Baldonal, as people probably know it. And you also got to remember across the road, there's also the hospital, which has a helipad. So at any given time, there could be aircraft activity in the area. So yes, it's the answer. You'd need to be very, very careful and conscious of that. I suppose a good rule of thumb for me is that if the, if the drone is below the height of the, the floodlights, you, you know, it's usually a good benchmark because, again, the aircraft yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are well aware of those those sort of structures, masts, pylons in the area. So you're generally safe. But no, you couldn't just take the drone and send it up because it can go it can go above the clouds if you wanted to. The drone is can go half a kilometer up into the air, like if if you really <laughs> wanted to. So and again, then out in Roadstone, whenever I'm doing a bit of bit of work out there, the drone doesn't actually take off; it's geo blocked. Now you can apply again for for um, permission to unlock that, and that goes through the Irish Aviation Authority, which is actually to get the the geo blocking unlocked. But again, it's it's it can be a bit of a hassle as far as forms, filling out forms, etc. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Look, I'd say it's interesting enough. The drone, the drone, the drone work is great. Gives a different angle, and it it all adds to what's been. I think 
a, a team put together there by Mark, which which really across all the platforms, I know Philly and Baz will talk about the other stuff, the TikToks, the Instagram, etc. But you're really you're really seeing a growth in all of the the platforms. You're seeing a growth in the stands. You're seeing a growth in just the buzz about the club and obviously the team, the performances, the style of play, the management team has there is is the biggest factor there. But when you're supplementing that with readily available contact content like interviews and you know uh, promos and stuff like clear the head Ukraine appeals and like again we have a we have a a team of club photographers there at the club who are out there rain rain or shine um who who obviously provide the pictures the stills all to us the the infamous Aaron Green looking and laughing all of these lads are 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 volunteers and we're we're all we're all really just looking to try and Right, grow, grow the team, grow the game. You know, I think, I think what we can about all be now proud with, of what we've done. Yeah, with the North Stand being constructed as well, was there there's something that uh, I think it's I think it's called how it's made is the is the program. Would there be plans to let's say get some sort of camera on a on a stilt and just watch the construction of it, and then you could speed it up? Do you know what I mean? Do you know, like that's something that I think we, we don't think we've done at all with any of the stands, and it's something that we could possibly do. Yeah, so I, well, the plan there is to is to implement a hyperlapse. Uh, so what a hyperlapse would do is you would you would take a, a photograph from a, a particular vantage point, the same one each time, ideally, and you would decide obviously the intervals, whether that be daily or weekly, etc. And then at the end of construction, you'd stitch them all together and watch the the north stand grow in front of your eyes. So. I think what I will probably do there is I'll probably do a weekly one. And, mm. you know, we'll probably be talking about, I don't know, the guts of a year, 16 months till it's done. And if we do one, a, a, a photograph once a year or once, a, sorry, once a week, stitch it together at the end, as you say, you'll see the stadium come up from the foundation or the, the North Stand come up from the foundations to, to fruition. So, yeah, look, that's, that's in the works. Mm. Be, uh, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, your give us your earliest hoops memory, and we'll go into how you got involved. And you're from Tala as well, am I right? I'm from Ballyrone originally, and from down the road a little bit. But I would have moved up to Fur House about five years ago, and then up to Tala in the last two years. Earliest memory of Rovers is in Tolka Park. Um, my dad would have taken me to a game. A long time ago, um, talking about 30 years ago, I'd say, is when the Elboy would have taken me. And as I said, I would have been an occasional visitor to the League of Ireland. Um, but I suppose in the last in the last five or six years, as I've become a season ticket holder and I've lived in the area, it's just made it easier for me to, to travel and be more involved in and around the club. So yeah. And what about um, recording opposition or training or anything like that? Does that ever happen with the drones or like, I'm not saying any spying missions, but would you would you record any trainings or anything for, for maybe the likes of Brazil to work on formation and like that? 
No, believe it, no, actually, no, it hasn't. Uh, that's a good show. I should actually get on to Mark Penhouse about that. He'd be, uh, I might be adding to your work, your workload. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to lighten the load at the moment. Um, no, nothing like that. Bielsa Gate hiding up trees. No, nothing like that yet. <laughs> um, I try and just keep it. I mean, it's it, first of all, the drones worth a, a fair few quid, and secondly, if you're seeing it up close, I mean, it take the head off you if it actually did come down on someone so again you just got to be conscious of safety there are rules you know you never fly it over a large group of people i think you're only allowed to fly it over like four or five people um and yeah i try and again just the last thing i want to be doing is the one thing i did want to try and get actually at the start of the season and i think we had to go ahead to do it at the president's cup but uh the weather the weather conditions uh weren't right to do it but we were going to try and get a a very a close-up circle around the lads as they do their huddle at the start. Yeah, but yeah. Half of you would be thinking, Jesus Christ, if this thing comes down and let's say it gives Richie Towell a haircut, I wouldn't be too happy. <laughs> yeah, I was only going to ask any funny stories because I bought one for my son Jade, it's a small one, and he flew it close to my daughter's head. The propellers got stuck in her hair, so I'm guessing your one would be a little bit more powerful. So have you had any more yeah. stories? Yeah, go about five or six kilometers. So, like, there's a couple of them there. When during the lockdown, um, moved into a new house up here in um, up beside Sacred Heart, and was looking for a few bits down the woodies. And you know the way everyone was queuing in the lockdown, queuing, queuing. Yeah. So, what I do is I uh, send the drone up from the gaff, send it down. <laughs> check the woodies, what check what the queue was like before it actually could jump in Jeez. the car to go down, and then. Uh, one of a few of the boys obviously live in the same estate as me up here and one of them was having a barbecue I sent a drone down to his gaff and he uh, sellotaped a couple of burgers and tinfoil to the drone and uh, I took off <laughs> and brought it back to the gaff as well yeah so now that yeah. is genius that's something we can get involved in I just love um, how you've gone from being so responsible and talking about airport <laughs> regulations and all this stuff. It's very impressive, Graham. And then it's like sellotape and burgers to drone. <laughs> in a, in a rover's said, capacity, it's it's by the book. Mm. We said we one. We were in Reykjavik for the Rovers away game, and I think it was it was about ten grand. This thing, and it's just short of mountain machine guns on it. So. I mean, is is that what you're looking at for really high end ones? I mean, is that the the really expensive models? Yeah, you can get there's the DJI Phantoms. Yeah, you could get any. See, I suppose a lot, a lot of what you can do is it, it depends on the on the camera or the sensor that you mount to the drone. So you can have a right. drone that is worth a couple of grand, but then you can you can attach a, a very expensive camera to that, which again would would bring the value up now my my stuff is not is it would is worth a couple of grand it's nowhere near it's nowhere near that and as i say i i use it for i usually use it for catching surfing videos and and stuff by the sea um and again it just kind of it fell into the rovers thing like i mean i i don't even use the drone all that much um mm. because we have a lot of stock footage um and you know oh we get to so you've had you've had stuff that you just reuse you could say yeah we could we have a lot of stuff in the can like so there, again there's only so much drone footage you can get and take before it's saturated and drone footage is never ideally going to be 
the main angle of anything. It's really there just to supplement it, to give the eyes a bit of a breather as you're transitioning. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Philly would know that stuff. It just gives you a nice, pleasant view. Um, I mean, as I said, these days it's 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 more interviews in and around match day operations, music, PA, etc., and interviews like Papper and McBurn. You know, anything really that that the media team can can you know put their hand to. Yeah. So we're going to talk a bit about football now. So this season, give us your prediction for the top four and who is going to be the top goal scorer in the league. So we're trying to spread out the questions here. So who do you think? Give us your top four. Okay. Position. Um, Rovers will pick up their 20th league title. That's a, that's, that's a, a prediction. Second star um, added to the jersey. Absolutely. Exactly. And we'll be replacing both banners rather than one um, at the end of the year. Yeah, overs, I reckon. I think I think that Derry are going through a rough patch at the moment, but I do think they will, once they get players fit, once you get, um, yeah, once they're, they're, they're missing a few key men at the moment, once they, they get back to fitness, I do think they will come out of the slump. And I, I don't think it'll be a canter. I don't think we'll walk the league because, as we all know, the further you head into the summer, European European campaigns kick yeah. off and players get injured. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll win the league. I think Derry will 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 definitely make a fight of it with us. Um, I think Dundalk will be third, and I think Bowes will get fourth. Oh, stop! <laughs> Not a chance. That's just Not a, a chance. prediction. Um, I reckon they they'll uh, they might either they might pick up a few bodies and and put a put a run together. Um, I just don't see Sligo doing that or Pats. I think falling away. I'd say it'll be a close run between Pats and Bowes, maybe for fourth. Right. Before, so we, uh, before we wrap up, I can show a question to each of Graham and Barry. Um, I suppose a standout moment in the series so far or maybe even a standout topic or quote from a player so far and also are you as proud of the feedback you've gotten from clear the head so far it's obviously been really popular and it's it's got a lot of high praise Sarah Barry okay um I think the, for me personally there's been a lot of standout moments um from each of the lads and I think the overarching standout thing is that I've just been really surprised by by them all and how open and honest they are and how um how very interesting all their all their journeys are. <clears throat> um if I had to pick one uh I'm kind of torn I think you know in all honesty as much as it's kind of a somewhat some people say it's it's a serious type of thing, you know, but Pat Flynn's story of subbing himself on for Pat is just <laughs> just unbelievable, and the way just the way he told it, and I kept rewinding it, try and make a clip of it, and it, I think he does this little pretend warm up and tries to jump off the ground, and you know I think both his knees nearly exploded on the side of the hellfire. So just amongst all the kind of serious and very good chat, uh, that one makes me that one makes me laugh like. Um, and as for the feedback, yeah, look, it's in all honesty, lads, there's social media, you know, it's all about retweeting and quote tweeting and, and all that stuff. And that's lovely and it's really nice. But um, 
I know individually we've we've all received um the odd message, right? Just saying that uh people have picked up what we're what we're trying to do to, to just talk about mental health in a non direct or serious way. And so those ones would would mean a lot. And there was a, a few people outside the ground last last week I happened to be standing with Garts and they were going up to him and saying, Oh, well done, keep going. So I think that's that's very um very nice to see for him and 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 for for all the lads involved um and and, and the players just to thank the players as well because ultimately it's their time and their stories without them it's nothing Graham, yeah. apart from falling over walking backwards <laughs> yeah over. i think philly already mentioned me walking backwards either into horseshit or into brambles so i'll go with uh selfishly standout moment for me is when we were filming the the Gary O'Neill episode, um, he had a he had a flat tire on his motor on the day of filming, so I had to drop him back to Roadstone after we filmed, and I suppose it was just a chance to have half an hour in the car with him and uh, chat to him off the record about football and his thoughts, his ambitions, and obviously not for sharing here, but it was just to. to you know, to echo what Barry said, the players and the staff have all been so good with their time and and for being so open. You I, I, I think I mentioned the guards the last day, like the Hellfire Club, the walk that we do each time we film an episode is it's the same track each time. Some do it faster, the Grace, uh, than others. And <laughs> you know, but it's the same track each time, but it's it's a different story and and like Barry said, thank the players for for trusting us to be for being so open and honest with us. And the the biggest I think shout out really has to go is to is to is to El Garts because I mean the players forget that we're filming in front of them. Garts just puts them at ease, and I think that having been through some of the experiences on the football and Garts is they they can relate to them, and I don't think we'd have. A successful series without Garts actually kind of almost orchestrating that, so that would be. A it's, a, it's a trust thing as well, isn't it? He, I think the players know what he's been through. He's a pro himself, and ultimately he won't throw them under the bus, and they feel at ease with him because of that, isn't it? Yeah, and like I mean, you get you get to clear the head on the way up, which is, which is excellent. But the mics go off for the walk down, and there's a clear the head outtakes on the way back down, and I mean, it's. Yeah, they really the guys relate to guards. They trust they trust the process. They get they get to choose obviously what goes in and what goes out. But like to be honest, there's there's been little or nothing cut from yeah. from it so far. So I'd say as well, mm. it's, it's not an act with Graham as well. Like with uh, um, when you're talking to the lads, so we might be waiting to to get going or whatever, and uh, you know you breaking the ice or whatever. And they all if if they've played with Graham or they've been in the dressing room with him or around him. Every single one has gone. I oh, sound. He was very good to me, or he's X, Y, and Z. And um, you you don't just say that. You know what I mean? If, mm. uh, so I, I think I think there's a lot there. And then um, I look turning into the Garth's Love Fest. But like if, if I heard him on, <laughs> I think it was the Yellow Eye Central podcasting talking about um, performance mindsets and the his work up at the academy and who they have up there like Ada Price and, and everything else and it's 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 just unbelievably deep the the talent level and the 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 cop on I think around the club so um as just a fan or someone who likes likes football it's class class to kind of see but I'd echo what, what Graham said I think uh 
yeah, it's nice, nice to get the feedback. So I know we spoke about it already and what the, the future holds for the rest of the series. You were talking about possibly Ring's End and um, something along the lines of that. So where do we have much to look forward to next? Can you reveal much? Can we, we, there's some, some gas ideas, to be fair, about a big march up. All of us, like, like uh, yeah, big parade up. Like, it's a pity Philly's gone because he's the one who's dropping the audio message of just like, you know, the Clear the Head Festival and <laughs> just just deadly it is. But you know what? There's always something in it. And uh, what I like is it, it is equal parts, you know, amongst the lads. We're like, do you think this will work? Uh, I'd love to do maybe more past players, maybe more staff members. I'd, I'd love that we're getting on with you lads to co-promote it. I think there was a good chat with Philly on media earlier on. And that's what it's about. People are going to consume different things in different ways and get different messages out of it. So rather than have a plan, I'd just like to see it. Um, you know, bubble up and see see where it goes. Um, yeah, whatever natural process comes yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, and, and it might it might have a shelf life, and on we go. Yep. So lads, that's been brilliant. Uh, it's been a joy having you on, and we look forward to everything that you put together in the future. Thanks so much. Yeah, bring us up. Thanks so much. See that. Thank you, bye. So um, that was uh, that was very enlightening, Prof. I have to say, I was uh, I was well into that one just to hear their thoughts. And we have to, I'd say, some a lot of talented guys involved at Rovers, isn't there? Giving their free time to it, which Barry spoke about. Absolutely, yeah. Like it's all volunteer work, and I just I love the dedication, the thought they put into everything they do. It's fantastic. Like Graham with with the drone. Like you were fascinated by the drone. You were asking them loads of questions. Oh yeah, because this is the big fucking tank of a thing we saw in Iceland. And yeah. It's just short of machine guns on it. Uh, he was using the Rover's mic, by the way, to record on Zoom. You know, the one you see me using with Bradzer, with the crest. That was a nice touch. Uh, great stuff from uh, Philly, or uh, Philippe Gerard Maguire. It's his full <laughs> Zoom name. Busy unclogging cl- Jax's. Yeah, and Barry making his debut in the podcast. Uh, he's a massive fan of, our, of, of the show. Yeah, he said some very nice things to us. He, he, he loved the ground staff interview, especially. And um, uh, Philly asked me to pass this on. He uh, he says he forgot to mention something during the interview about his robber's origin story. He says, Go on. Uh, the reason his dad didn't visit Tala for so long uh, was because he wasn't the biggest football fan. He was more towards rugby. And uh, Philly was always dying to get to some live football. Uh, he was mad about the sport. Any chance you tried to get brought to a game, or any chance he got, he took. But it wasn't until he was old enough to commute himself to get to Tada, because uh, Tada was awkward for him to get to. Very independent uh, journey to follow him over. Yeah, and then once he did, he went to games uh, consistently. Graham told gave us his origin story as well. Uh, I was talking to Gareth about them, with about them beforehand. And we were kind of, we were saying the same things. We love Graham's, Graham Moran's enthusiasm. It's just, it's really infectious. Like, I see it when I interview Bradzer as well. Garth sees it for clear the head. When, mm. when they get the thing recorded, he, he, he's like, he's so happy with himself that they've, that they've got it done. How are, how hard is it to walk backwards for an hour? Jesus. What do you think of that? Walking horse shit and tripping up and brambled. Yeah. <laughs> And Graham touched on it as well about Gertz. Like he's very easy to talk to because he he makes the players relate to them. 
saw Gary O'Neill afterwards. He had been recently featured and, and cleared ahead. And he said he couldn't believe, couldn't believe afterwards how much he spoke. Mm. And he just said, Gareth's, he's so easy to talk to. And um, that's the sort of things they say when, when recording stops, you know. So, yeah. So, brilliant stuff for the lads. Brilliant let stuff. us know your feedback. Everybody send us in your feedback and let us know what you're thinking. Any suggestions for players or, or ex-pros and who you think they should get on next? Well, next game, Profit, away, away in June 17th. So, it's a little bit... A little bit of a break there, so we're uh, we're interesting enough. But we do have games. Dundalk, top of yeah, the table clash. This is gonna be tough out there, man. It's gonna be one of them games. They're very good at home this season. Yes, yes, yes. European draw June fourteenth. We'll have a little preview next week and uh, getting excited now, Prof. Who have we got? What's the what's the whittled down list? Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna call out all the teams next week. We have two special guests on who are gonna help us do it. You know, kind of a TV tradition. No? Oh, who have you got? <laughs> who have you got? I'll keep Don't that, even want to know. Keep that under me half for now. But uh, I loved Ray Whedon's summary of, of what what you want from this Champions League draw. He said, warm, cheap, beatable and new. Yes. Love it. Love on it. On the money. That is on the money from the ever uh, knowledgeable Ray Whedon. So, um, and I also have a big deck in memoriam next week. So packed show, even though we've no games to talk about. A lot of stuff uh, on spoiled next Spoiled dessert. Absolutely yep. spoiled. But we were friendly match at Tallis Stadium. Galway. United Friday 10th, 3pm. Admission 5 euro. Season ticket not valid. So check, come on down. And you can uh, you can catch a game. I'm going to try and bring Jaden down to the 21s myself. And Moya as well. She probably want some of that. So definitely there's a bit of football on. So that is it for this week, Prof. Um, I think we're also playing Cliftonville. The it's day, a the day the after yeah. Dundalk. 18th, I think it might be June. 18th of June, so possible That's chance away, of That's the way, solitude. So that's it for this week, Prof. And it's been a joy. So we will see you hopefully soon enough and keep on hooping. See ya. We're all going on a summer holiday. No more working for a week or two. Fun and laughter on our summer holiday No more worries for me or you Or a week or two We're going where the sun shines brightly We're going where the sea is blue We've seen it in the movies Now let's see if it's true Everybody has a summer holiday Doing things they always wanted to So we're going on a summer holiday To make our dreams come true For me